Good afternoon, good morning, good evening, welcome people to episode 454 of Film Bastards. I am one of your co-hosts, Mark Foster, and as ever, I am joined by... Becky Foster, hello everyone. And... You know when a car dealership tells you, yeah, you'll get your car in mid-September, and then the next month they tell you, yeah, you'll get your car in mid-September, and then they tell you that for the next four months, and then they go... Oh, actually, no, tell a lie. You can have it the first week of August. I don't know whether to be annoyed by that or, like, pleasantly surprised. I, I, I'm going with the latter. Under-promise and over-deliver. Yeah, it just just the planning. It's like, we we need to get the car, the, our current car's bodywork done before we, like, sell it on. And I wasn't planning on doing that for a couple of weeks. And now it's like, go, 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 go. My name's Ian Loring. I'm getting a new car next week, I found out this morning. <laughs> well, that's exciting news, at least. It's better, than, mean, it's better than it's been delayed a month. It, 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 it is. And going up to Knowles next week is going to be far more pleasurable than it would have been otherwise. <laughs> Driving to the Stockport area from Cardiff in a 2016 Nissan Leaf would have been fun. In a 2022 Nissan Leaf, I'm gonna, I'll stop, I'll get some lunch, I'll get going again, and I'll actually get there. It's going to be great. <laughs> you won't have to ring and say, right. I'm at my eighth service station. <laughs> Mate. I set off like, on just... Friday. What time are you guys leaving on Sunday? <laughs> but I mean, it was like, it was just like with that, with Dan's funeral, you know, it was like, I was expecting to meet you guys for lunch, like two hours beforehand. And I arrived 40 minutes before the fucking service started. Yeah. Like that. It was rough. Yeah. It wasn't, anyway. Wasn't... Wasn't ideal, was it? Um, if anyone wants color. a 2016 Nissan Leaf, let me know. I'll feel <laughs> you a good price. You're really selling it, to be fair, Ian. <laughs> I mean, I really, I really am. I mean, basically, I'm going to do up the bodywork and then just fucking sell it to webuyanycar.com. I think it, is probably what's going to happen. Are you not trading it in? No, it's a salary um, sacrifice scheme through work. Oh, okay. So. It's like service, insurance, warranty, all tyres, all that stuff. Um, and it's 250 a month for two years, which is pretty good. Pretty fucking tidy, to be fair. So, um, yeah, apparently we'll, we could get about six grand or so for the Leaf if I, like, if it's in decent condition. So, you know. I'll I'll be able to pay off the rest of the financing on it and then subsidise the payments for, for the new one. Nice. So that'll fair, work. Fair but, play. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, we've got a really, really long show and I've been crowing about how long the fucking show's going to be and then I start talking about my new car. So I'm so sorry. I'm going to shut up. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use this, this, this moment now to get sure admin out of the way and say... Uh, we have a Pod Syndicate podcast. Other Pod Syndicate podcasts out there. Chains from uh, Entertainment Landfill. Blah, his film, her movie. Rewatch Project. Gunners, Gunners are those as well. First, listen to this. Listen to this. Because we've got, we've got a review. A main review of Prize Fight and the Life of Jem Belcher. 
We've got that for you. Yeah. You lucky, lucky bunnies. Yeah. Yeah. We'll get to that. <laughs> Russell Crowe's there. Oh. I, I worked this out. I, I, I'm fairly certain this is the 10th or maybe 11th <laughs> Russell Crowe movie we've reviewed on the show. I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> yep. We fucking do love our fucking Mr. Crowe. <laughs> nice. um, it is. We we are. I know everybody was nostalgic for the halcyon days of summer 2020 when we were, were reviewing just the finest content every week, and we just wanted to bring you guys back to the, to that feeling. Yep. So we 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 brought it back. Um, we were going to reviewing um, where the crowd had sing, but um, sadly I contracted COVID, so um, I've been housebound. <laughs> um, oh, sorry. So yes, uh, you've recovered from yours, haven't you? Oh, sort sorry, of, yeah. part of the coffin that you just did there. Yeah. Your big plague carrier. Yeah, and and, and you, you you fucking didn't find out early enough, so I watched Where the Crawdads Sing, so that'll be part of my 10 film What We Watched marathon that I've got coming up later, so buckle up, folks. <laughs> you've got quite a few as well, haven't you, Bex? I've got a few, yeah. Yeah, I have, I have not that many. <laughs> yes. Uh, but, Ian... There's been some news, hasn't there? Um, are we reviewing Persuasion as well? Yes, that's the other one. <laughs> I knew it was fucking something else. Cool, cool. Um, news, news, news. I, you, you make it sound like there's something like super, super, super obvious. Um, oh no, there's, well there's been, yeah, there's been an absolute shit ton of Marvel stuff. Yep. Um, so... Let's punch our time cards, folks. Yeah. Um, Let's click uh, into contract so, obligation. <laughs> yes. So, phases five and six have been announced, but phase six, not all the films. Um, phase five is coming and will consist of... Um, there's five films. Ant-Man 3, Captain Marvel 2, Blade... Um, Guardians 3 um, The Thunderbolts Actually there might be 6 films I think there's another There's 6 films yeah there's another one isn't there There's another but what is it What is it now Kind of think it's another sequel It is isn't it What is it uh, what is There it? is Quantum Mania, uh, Guardians, yep. Blade. Yep. Yep. Is it the Marvels? No, it's Captain Marvel too. I said that. Uh, Agatha's a what is it? Daredevil, Captain America. There you go, Captain America: New World Order. Yep, I think it's called. So uh, there you go. So that's six films for Phase Five, um, and. The Thunderbolts is basically MCU's Suicide Squad. They've started setting him up in Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Um, that's going to be Florence Pugh, Wyatt Russell and others um, in a team headed up by Julia Louis-Dreyfus, uh, which will be something. Um, so, there's also a bunch of TV associated with it all. Yeah. Um... Uh, yeah, I, I, look. 
these this the thing is it's the phases thing that bothers me now because phase four does not have a cohesive narrative people are saying oh it's about grief and acceptance of like past wrongs and blah 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 it's right right yeah really it's like you're clutching a little bit there (laughs) yeah yeah um and yeah so um been a bit shit hasn't it now we can go back and look at it so this this is the thing, right? Phase four is probably going to end on its best film. Probably, yeah. Um, probably by a distance. Um, if, and then, if, if I mean, not, I, I, I genuinely think it, there's going to be a little bit of panicking from people. Well, so, what, what film runs out phase four? Is it Black Panther? Yes. Yeah. So... On the Bastards box office report, which went up on the Patreon yesterday, and I forgot to tweet about it, so well done me. Um, I discussed how MCU films are performing um, in the international box office so far this year. And it is fucking interesting. Nothing will top Top Gun Maverick um, this calendar year. I mean, Avatar 2 might have a crack at it, but not in this calendar year. Um... Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, it, it, it you know has done very well, um, but Jurassic Park Dominion, uh, it, it is probably gonna do better worldwide than Thor: Love and Thunder when all is said and done. Minions: The Rise of Gru is probably gonna do better than Thor: Love and Thunder um, when when things are said and done. That film is, in relative terms, dropping like a stone. Mm. Um, like so, for Love and Thunder, for Love and Thunder, right? Third weekend, twenty-two million dollars it made in the US just last weekend. Top Gun Maverick in its ninth weekend made ten. I mean, yeah. So, Jurassic World Dominion's just shy of a billion, like forty million shy of a billion. Um, and for Love and Thunder's only just crossed six hundred million. That's the that's the thing. Do it does for Love and Thunder do another like three hundred million worldwide before it ends its run? I don't I, I don't think so. No. That'll probably top out at maybe six fifty. Yeah, I don't. I, I mean, like I I, I think seven hundred seven hundred fifty is not out of out out of question. But you look at the drop off. Say it does that. You look at the drop off compared to Doctor Strange because Doctor Strange has done over eight hundred. Um, and it it feels like that film, those two films were generally received about the same, where people were just like, yeah. So it it, it th- these phases are going to be are going to be fascinating, and there's going to be some big shit coming out of D twenty three in September. I think we're going to get a Fantastic Four director and cast. Um, we're going to get we're going to get some more details about Phase six generally. Um, but look, we'll, we'll, we'll see. It's a lot. It's a lot of content. Um, some of it, you know, and this is the thing with the TV series. I finished Miss Marvel this weekend. I thought it ended strongly. There are two episodes in that show that feel like if Miss Marvel was a film, you'd basically take those two episodes out 
and you would have a two and a half hour long film done um but she holds attorney at law i wait if someone does a fucking fan edit of that (laughs) yeah yeah there you go she holds attorney at law looks fun and it looks like it's gonna have barely fucking anything to do with anything else apart from the hulk because it it, like they've described it as the mcu's first half hour comedy and it's like that's that's probably the kind of fucking thing that the the mcu needs right now yeah that's something the thing Uh, of all the tv series the first one that i've actually looked at and gone i might actually watch that (laughs) has been she hulk attorney at law um and partially because it made me laugh that that's what it's called. Yeah. It's secondly, the title. The, there's a really good poster of it for it, mm. which is just like that... it's like like as like a flyer for her law firm. <laughs> I haven't seen that. That's like that's, I... that's pretty good. That that title is such a statement of intent for what that show is going to be. Yeah, just massively, massively here for it. Um, but then also, uh, it was an, um, it was announced through Hollywood Reporter that the Ka- uh, Avengers: The Kang Dynasty, to be followed by Avengers: Secret Wars, uh, is to be directed by Destin Daniel Cretton, who directed the one Phase Four film so far that people like. Yes. So, uh, th- th- there we go. I will say, as cynical as I am about all this stuff, people on film Twitter including very like well-respected journalists are crying about, you know, are oh, we can't get anything like, you know, why is he having to make this? Destin Daniel Cretton is not being forced at gunpoint <laughs> to direct Avengers, the Kang dynasty. Maybe, maybe he wants to direct Avengers, the Kang dynasty. And maybe that's okay. Yeah. It's, it's just like here, make a shitload of money. Directing a movie that we will then give you if it's successful slash when it's successful. Have you seen what the fucking Russo brothers been throwing shit at recently? He might just go, yeah, do you know what? Fair enough. Mm. And and not only that, you know, the the filmmakers must look at it and go, "I, I get to work with some huge actors on these massive movies with the best tech possible. They're not going to go, well, actually, no, because I've got, like, this little $8 million movie that I want to make instead. Um, that, yeah, that um, Pluto TV are going to put on there. <laughs> so I'm going to go and make that. Uh, it's got one of the kids out of Baker Grove in it. Very specific. Um, <laughs> it just, yeah, I, yeah, it... I don't know. I just feel uncomfortable with that. It's like the dude's his own fucking man, you know. And yes, all right. Does does that? Is there a general mid budget films that aren't being made? Sure, but I tell you what. I don't if think he that, really, I don't, I don't, really, I don't think that's true. I just don't. No, they're on true. Netflix. They're on Amazon Prime. They, they, yeah, they, I mean, they, they do come out in cinema a little bit. Quite actually, quite often they come out in cinemas. It it, it, it it keeps coming out this what is it that, that mid budget movies aren't getting made, and they are. Mm. You know, you went you went to see where the crowd had to sing. These things exist. Yeah, it's my only thing. There would be it's based on pre existing IP. But uh, that it, it, there's there's been an element of the fact that 
that's kind of always been the case. You know, a lot of like these, you know, the, the movies that people reference, you'll go, oh yeah, you mean based on that James Patterson book? You know, the, the, or the John Grisham fucking series that we had yeah. in the 90s. It, 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 they still kind of yeah. exist. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, I, it's... It, it, they, they they don't exist as much between the months of fucking end of April and the last week in August. No, no I mean, I just... Look, in the end of the day, if that dude wanted to make a $10 million budget film that Netflix could go from the director of Shang-Chi, you know, considering the kind of stuff that Netflix Netflix does greenlight, and, you know, and Amazon Prime, and, you know, I'm not, not meaning to call out Netflix specifically too much there, then, you know, the dude would get it made. But also, I think I've had this argument um, before. People fall in love with films usually because of big films. Yep. You know, like, and I would not be surprised if Destin Daniel Creighton is exactly the fucking same. And yes, he's made a couple of indie films, like Short Term 12 and... Um, Oh god, the one with Michael B. Jordan, Just, Just Mercy. Mercy yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, Just he's Mercy he's made that five million dollars. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There you go. But that dude probably like gets the Marvel assignment. It's like, yeah, go on then. Chloe Zhao directed a fucking Marvel film, and it's not because they were holding her fucking husband hostage. You know, and yeah, I, I yeah, I don't. It just. As much as we poo-poo MC, MCU, the directors choosing to do those films, I don't think is an indictment about the status of cinema per se. And especially when they go back to work with them again. Because they obviously got something out of the experience enough to do it again. Also... Short Term 12 still exists, and the only people that have seen it are people like us. Yeah, yeah. And when people say, yeah, but more people should have seen it. No, they shouldn't. I really like Short Term 12. It's a really good film. Am I going to recommend it to your average Joe who goes to the cinema three times, three, four times a year to see the big tempo movies? No, I'm not. Because they won't like it. <laughs> yeah. And, and look, unless anyone's got anything else to say on MCU, maybe we move on. But I will say, Avengers Secret Wars, let Chloe Zhao direct it, you cowards. Yeah, go on. Thanks. What? Any thoughts on the Quinn Marvel thing? There's a couple in there peppered through it that I still feel like I could get quite excited about. I thought Blade was a series. I'm excited to find out it's not. Directed by the guy who directed Mogul Mowgli. Oh. Let's fucking go. I'm really excited for Blade. My, my, my issue is... If it gets if it gets to a point where I'm going to have to had to have watched... The thing is, the ones that I'm excited about are peppered with ones that I very much am not. And I very much am not going to go and watch all those TV series as well. So, for example, the Marvels feels like it's going to make no fucking sense whatsoever to me. So... The- yeah, it it is becoming inaccessible. I'll I'll watch 
Black Panther and I'll watch Quantumania for like those characters so, and I feel like none of the TV shows so far have really kind of made it so that they're going to be inaccessible to me. The new Captain America movie, I'm not going to go and sit through fucking that Hawkeye TV. No, it's not, is it? It's um, Bucky Falcon, and... Yeah, yeah. What's his name? Yeah. Sam. Bucky and Sam. That's yeah. what it's called. I don't give a fucking shit about Sam Wilson. He is a weak-ass character. He is white noise. So... But then if I don't watch that one, can I not watch the next one? You know, it just... There's been so much weak crap through Phase 4 that I am... I'm angry with the MCU right now. I rewatched the only Phase 4 movie that I've really, really enjoyed the other day. And it's made me go back and start from from the beginning. And, and I think mentally I maybe just need to go, there are three phases to the MCU plus Shang-Chi. <laughs> nice. I think I need to rewatch Shang-Chi because I really didn't get on oh, with it. I, I'll get, obviously it'll come up in my what we've been watching, but it's fucking great, is Shang-Chi. Oh, hold I that just, thought. I, just, I, I think Ant-Man 3 is going to be a banger. Mm. Well, I yeah. I, Even I, though, go on. oh sorry, go on. go on. What are you saying? I was going to segue, but go on. What are you going to segue to? Speaking of white noise, as Becky just said, <laughs> um, some of the films playing the Venice have been announced. Yes, yes. Um, to be opened by uh, Noah Baumbach's adaptation of the Don DeLillo novel White Noise, which I read as part of the American Literature module I did in my English Lit degree. And that book is fucking great. This film cost over $100 million. Somebody gave We're Noah Baumbach $100 million to make a movie. Yep, 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 yep. Yes, they did. Yes, they did. <laughs> Wait. Somebody gave Noah Baumbach a hundred yep. million dollars to make a movie. Yep. Was it was it Netflix? Yep. Ah, fuck off. Yep. The book's really, really right. good. Right. I'm really right. fucking looking forward to this. Right. Right. <laughs> fucking did not know this. Right. <laughs> so when all these fucking people <laughs> Fucking start fucking wittering, saying, fucking, oh, how can they give the Russo brothers, how can they give, ah, 200 million and make these movies, and they've given Noah Baumbach 100 million to make a fucking movie. Noah Baumbach. You seem genuinely angry. Because I am genuinely angry. No. Now, people can like Noah Baumbach movies, that's fine, everyone is entitled to be wrong, Right? But Noah Baumbach doesn't need a hundred million dollars. Can you imagine the cardigans that are going to be in this movie? Um, Is at least Adam Sandler fucking in this one? Jesus uh, No. Adam Driver. Oh, fucking of course he is. Gets better. Greta Gerwig. Yeah, well, of course. He's yeah. fucking her. <laughs> Don Cheadle. Cheed's brilliant. Jodie Turner-Smith. I like her. Andre 3000. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> it's, uh, it's just... Oh, fuck, I'm going to have to watch it. <laughs> uh, it's the marriage story, man, isn't it? I forgot he did that. Yeah, I won't be watching this. I always get sucked in by them. 
I'm going to watch it, and I really hope I like it. Mm. But a hundred million dollars. Mm. Um, uh, I'm reading an article cur- article currently, which is quoting it at over a hundred and forty. <laughs> Do you know what? Fuck it. I hope we all got really well fucking paid. I, I'm and I, I think now. there's me. <laughs> I love it. Fuck off. I love it. Just fuck off. <laughs> I might read the book. Oh, wow. Fuck off. The thing <laughs> is, the book is people having conversations. Well, of course it fucking is. <laughs> but why do you need 100 million to make that? Um, look, I, it, because, they're, they're, because, because Noah Baumbach will have convinced everybody because he's, all he tries to do is convince everybody that he's always the smartest person in the room. Yeah. And he's managed to hoodwink fucking Netflix that are doing that. Walked out, got a Greta and gone, I don't know how, but we fucking got $150 million. Fair play. <laughs> so the, the key cast and crew have to be paid more to, or don't have to be paid more but are paid more for films that aren't destined for a theatrical release because they don't get the usual back end that they would with like nor, nor, like um, pre-streamer made films apart from so apart from however there's a, there's a mild hint of disingenuousness to that though because fucking hell you're angry I am genuinely yeah, okay. angry yeah because right there would be no back end <laughs> To this fucking movie. Uh, uh, okay, yeah. I mean, that's that. Yeah, that's a good argument. I can't. Yeah. So usually, right. what happens but... is with this type of fucking movie, because no fucking cunt gives them fucking one hundred forty million dollars to do it. These fucking twats that I'm pointing at now have to work for fucking scale. Who are you oh, pointing at? I'm pointing at the fucking pricks that are on the fucking Wikipedia page that are in it. He is, he is genuinely very angry. Right? These guys have to do like what fucking, <laughs> what's it, um, Johnny Hill had to do and take a massive fucking pay cut to be in fucking Wolf of Wall Street. But no, because it's net. This is why you're in fucking debt, Netflix. <laughs> Uh, uh, yeah. Oh, did you talk uh, about look. the new Netflix tier last week? Netflix is what? Tier? Yeah. What tier? Oh no, I what? Oh, the ad one? Yeah, yeah. Did you talk about that last week in news? Didn't even know it was a thing. Yeah, they're introducing a new... They're not making the cheapest tier the one with the adverts. They're advertising... They're introdu- apparently introducing a new cheaper tier that will have adverts. I'll never get it, so I won't need to know anything about it. But the, will they though? Or will all their prices just go up before they bring it out and the one that is currently the cheapest tier will be the one that has the ads? I don't know, because it's not going to exist in fucking three years' time anyway. It's pretty shit anyway. <laughs> That's a bold prediction. I'm joking, but... Well, well fucking let's see. All right, all right fucking... Should we, should, we, should, we, yeah. should we relax Mark a bit? So also... Also getting its premiere there, the Brendan Fraser-naissance, the Brendonaissance. I think it's just Brennaissance. Uh, Brennaissance, that, that actually, that is way cleaner, thank you. <laughs> uh, 
will um, continue. Will Brendan Fraser get a Best Actor nomination at the Oscars? I'm going to say right now, yes. Even if people don't like the film, people like Brendan Fraser. Yes, it, it will be his second nomination, I believe. Gods and Monsters, I think he got nominated for Best Supporting. Oh, okay. Uh, not Blast from the Past? No. <laughs> okay, that's a shame. Um, so, yes, that's also playing... Um, oh, God, I know there's others as well. Um, Don't Worry Darling's playing... Um, bit of controversy about that on the internet this week oh dear Ooh, uh, if Florence Pugh ghost direct it um, uh, did Olivia Wilde get pissed off that uh, Harry Styles was into Florence Pugh and then just decided to fuck him who knows uh, what fun um, <laughs> press tour for that's going to be a fucking blast <laughs> I love it I love it I love it I love I, it I love do you know what I love I'd love it if it was just Chris Evans. <laughs> like Chris Evans, Harry Styles and uh, Olivia Wilde are Chris Evans, Florence Pugh and Olivia Wilde. And Chris Evans just has no idea. <laughs> Look at him, Graham, Chris Pine. Uh, best Chris. Uh, has just no idea that any of this controversy <laughs> is around because he's just had nothing to do with it. <laughs> and just can't understand why everything's really tense. <laughs> Fun. Um... Uh, Todd Field's got a new film coming out, first one for like 15 years, uh, Tar. Um, oh, yes. Kate Blanchett's in that. What's the uh, trailer for Luca... that? <laughs> I actually haven't watched that yet. Uh, Luca Ian, Ian, you is... do not need to. <laughs> okay, no, fine. Uh, Luca Guardinino is back uh, after Suspiria with Bones and All, starring Timothy Chalamet and Escape Room's Taylor Russell in a story about teenage cannibals going on a road trip. Um, yeah, I'll watch that. Yeah, go on then. Um, uh, Blonde's playing there. Martin McDonough's new film, The Banshees of Inishirin. Um, uh Oh, fucking Florian Zeller's follow-up to The Father, called The Son, uh, <laughs> with Hugh Jackman, Laura Dern and Vanessa Kirby. Um, also out of competition, Walter Hill and Paul Schrader's new films. Uh, Walter Hill's Dead for a Dollar. Yeah, that's with, getting uh, some really good reviews. <laughs> nice. Weird. The, yeah, um, with Christoph Waltz as well, isn't it? Uh, yep, that's right. Um, and uh, Paul Schrader has Master Gardener with Joel Edgerton as a horticulturist with a dark past. So, uh, yeah, there is... Um, oh, and fucking... Um, uh, uh, Bill Nighy starring remake of Ikiru uh, Living uh, is going to be playing there as well so um, uh, also out of competition Pearl which we'll talk about later so um, yeah man Venice holy shit yeah Venice, um, Venice ain't fucking about this year <laughs> no really not I am really fucking looking forward to seeing what LFF have got to offer in terms of the screenings that they do outside of london um like because they they had some bangers last year so i mean like i saw um well the harder they fall wasn't exactly a banger but i, I like i saw Titan. um you know they they um had uh quite a quite a lot of films playing at my local art house and uh hopefully we'll get some details hopefully you guys can check some out as well yes um and yeah it it 
It feels like it's going to be a decent awards season. Um, also, following on from that, I'm trying to segue as much as possible. Um, a report came out saying that Flowers of the Killer Moon um, will not be uh, ready this year. Will be playing can next year. But then Apple and Paramount are teaming up to give it a big theatrical release with like a window before it goes on Apple TV. They want to make it like a proper, proper event. Yeah. Which is very exciting. Yeah, they're going to go for that. They're going to go big with that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, very, yeah, that's very, very exciting. I mean, it's a shame that it's not going to be this year. Um, but the idea of Apple just going, here you go, on the big fucking screen, and then fuck you, a month later, we'll have it on Apple TV, the rest of you can get to fuck. Go on then. Yeah, I'm up for Apple entering this this kind of this groove a little bit. Yeah, still um, make, still makes me laugh that they won Best Picture before Netflix, even though Coda is a film that does not exist. <laughs> yes, I literally I, when you said that one, I was like, did they? What for? Oh yeah, <laughs> uh, a, a movie that's been available for me to watch for nothing for <laughs> a year now, and I've still not watched it. Have and, you still not seen Coda? Not seen Coda, yeah. And the thing is, I, I I actually kind of want to watch it. I just haven't actually sat down to watch it. I need to do that at some point. You should have made it one of your COVID films. I, no, I want to be able to concentrate properly on it. So, speaking yeah, the, of uh, Apple uh, TV uh, for a second, Ian, I know you don't really yeah. do TV, but you do some TV that you carefully select. Have you watched any of that Black? Sure, I've, yeah. Uh... No, but I've heard good things. I've watched the first couple of episodes. It's very good. Yeah? Mm. Mm. Well, speaking of Blackbird... <laughs> oh, shit. We, oh, shit! We got the trailer, didn't we? And it's getting a release in the UK, 2nd of September. Yep. What's this? Blackbird. The Michael Flatley The Michael Flatley movie. movie. Oh, fuck me. You're still banging on about that. <laughs> Literally, when the trailer came out, I had several people on Twitter go, holy shit, Mark, have you seen it? I haven't watched this. Why? I wasn't aware it had a trailer that was available. We're it's not on my 100%. Radar. We are reviewing Blackbird. <laughs> uh, can I just point out, Mickey, you are aware of this. I suggested we go to Dublin to watch it. Oh, fuck you did, yeah. Oh, I didn't know for was a fuck's trailer. sake. <laughs> And your response was, are you being serious? <laughs> and my only response to that was, I'm not sure. Well, it's a good job your passport still hasn't arrived, because <laughs> clearly they think you're suspicious. <laughs> clearly they do. <laughs> Probably they went, went no, that prick's going to watch fucking Blackbird. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, it looks every bit as fantastic as we thought it was going to. I mean, it, it is... It, it was quite the day when that trailer came out. I like, I don't know. It looks like a dude just self-financed his own Bond movie, and it just yeah, yeah. And it's just like, do you know what? I got massive fucking respect for that. You want to call your production company Dance Lord Pictures? Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, it good it literally is. Michael Flatley has gone. I made so much money off Riverdance. 
Like, so much money that you do not even understand how much money I made off this fucking thing. And now I can't do it anymore because my legs have gone. So, fuck it. I always wanted to be Bond. I'm just going to just spend 20 million of my own money and make a movie. Can I ask you a question? Yes. Right, and you have to be honest. Yep. Does it actually look any good? No. (laughs) No. Right. It looks fantastic. Um, uh, I mean, he's right. It looks fantastic. It does. And, can, and uh, before we start talking about trailers, because it almost feels like it'd be disrespectful not to mention it. Uh, a couple of deaths this week: David Warner and Paul Sorvino. Um, I mean, Paul Sorvino seemed like a legit, really, really fucking good dude. Yeah. And he's going to be remembered by fans of film for fucking ever. Um. I mean, like, dude's got a fucking legacy. And David Warner, just one of those great... Hey, Oh, cool, David Warner's in this. Yeah. He was another one where, when he appeared on screen, you went, oh, nice. He was always just just a great... A great character actor that was just... But didn't have to... Didn't have, like, a character actor presence, if that makes sense. Your character mm, actors often mm. are a little bit they're they're a certain type of build. Whereas he was built like a fucking movie star or looked like a movie star, but just decided to be a character actor instead. Mm. And I I always yeah. like that that fucking that element. Mm. Yeah, a couple of really sad it's, ones this week. And it like Sylvine, I mean, like between Sylvino and James Carnan, like it still feels weird that Ray Liotta's dead. Yeah. Yeah, watching Killing Them Softly is a bit like. <sighs> well, he's he's in that Blackbird. He's in Blackbird. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he is. And it's just like it. Fucking hell. Because he's all he's always been good. Yeah. And even he... when he's in not great stuff, he's good. Yeah. That, mm. As as a quick side tangent on 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 the otter, I still maintain really otter is one of the most underrated comedic actors. Yeah, yeah. Ever. Yeah. The guy where he does, where he does comedy was just brilliant at it. Mm. No, he it, put, it's something just, wild and heartbreakers where he's genuinely doing comedy. He's fantastic at. So menacing as well. Yeah. And Savino. Was it like just that, it feels. It feels like the simulation had a brain fart when he died. It was just like that wasn't supposed to happen. Yeah. It's like that. That wasn't cool. <laughs> Dickheads. Yeah, I'd, I'd like Paul Savino and David Warner. I mean, it, it, it you know, like Paul Savino had a very, very good in- innings. The, the the dude, he was a big dude, mm. you know, and um, you know, and David Warner was, was, you know, was getting on. But Ray Liotta, it felt like, you know, now nah, we had still another, we, we should get, have another twenty years of it. Yeah, easy, easy, if not thirty, you know, um, and it just, yeah, yeah. And anyway, anyway, anyway. Right, strap in. Strap in. There's about 500 trailers to talk about. Yep, Pinocchio. Looking forward to this more than the Zemeckis one. If it wasn't Del Toro, it'd be getting pilloried. (laughs) Yeah, I thought it looked alright. Thought specs. 
quite ugly. Just on an aesthetic level. How many versions of Pinocchio do we need? I think this one's supposed to be... They're all supposed to be something. Yeah, but... But it's like the railway children returning. No one asked them to re- for them to return. No one asked for two new Pinocchio movies. Three. Three. There's another one. Oh fucking hell! Um, what the Paulie Shaw? The Paulie Shaw one. Oh, no, that doesn't count, does it? Right. They're not real films. Um, and you, you know what? I get it. I, I like it when they do kind of the the actual fairy tale versions of these these fairy tales that have been Disneyfied, like in reality, fucking. Cinderella, there was people like chopping their fucking toes off to try and get them into these shoes and all this kind of shit in the original, like proper stories. So if it's if it's that, they're guess... all written by chronic masturbators, though. You, just, you don't need what are you that. that on? Literally, Hans Christian Andersen was a chronic masturbator. Right, but they weren't all written by Hans Christian Andersen. But, but a lot of them were. <laughs> I don't know. He could be quite interesting. It just looks fucking ugly. Do you know, I, I just I feel like people get guilted into thinking they should like these more because they're the real story. Mm. It's like, do you know why you don't know the real story? Because it's not that fun. Wow. I tell you what, it's, the Matteo Groni one had some fucking random shit in it, it and was entertaining. But it, it, it's a um, bit like it's a bit like when people watch fucking Watership Down that wasn't the fucking edited for TV version the first time. That's on Sky. And they watch it and go, oh my God, what's he doing? Oh my God, no. (laughs) It's basically that a lot of the time with these, oh, it's the proper story. You mean the shit one? (laughs) 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 The Samaritan. What do you reckon this? Because we know I love love it. I'm going to watch it. Yeah, I'm watching this. This looks all right. So he's, he's what, like an ageing superhero, basically? He's a superhero that basically, yeah, decided, fuck it. (laughs) Yeah. I'm all right with that one. Looks quite good. Big let's... Yeah, big let's go for me. Yeah, yeah. It, it was it was the bit when he got hit by the car and then you could just <laughs> see him laid there, but his body crimpling back into shape. And then the kid asked him, he's all right? He's like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm all right. <laughs> <laughs> I have a feeling that's going to be... Stallone has, has, has been very big to say, I had a fucking great time making this movie. Mm. And he says that a lot. <laughs> he's, a, he's one of those guys. Mm. But he, he was very, very active on social media whilst he was making that movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, right, what we got next? Me Time. You didn't watch this, Becky? No, because Kevin Hart gives me the ick. Because Kevin Hart gives you the ick. <laughs> Ian, did you watch the Me Time I, trailer? <laughs> yeah, 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 I did. Yeah, I... Um, yeah. I'll, I'll watch it, like, um, using the, the Mark parlance. This feels like a Tuesday night watch to me. It, it, it's It's got big Tuesday night energy. It does a little bit feel like they've gone, right, Kevin Hart, and then they've just span a big Kevin Hart wheel, and Kevin Hart just lands on a random actor, and they go, all right, Matt Walbeck, fuck it, yeah, we can write some more on that. Yeah, d- d- there's, there's some algorithm shit to this. Yeah. Where it's like, what do people want to see? Kevin Hart trying to do poopy when wild animal attacks him. Yeah. Okay, is. we'll do that then. It, 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 yeah, it literally is. It, it, it's an algorithmic movie. That this. sounds awful. It, 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 it doesn't look much better. Uh, 
I'm speed rounding some of these, but we'll, we'll focus more on some Please of them. Please do. Tar, the movie you referenced earlier. Now, I said to you, you didn't need to watch the trailer for this. Nothing to do with the fact of the movie. It's just the trailer is literally a straight-on shot of Kate Blanchett exhaling smoke very slowly. And then an orchestra. And then an orchestra. That's it. That's it. Sounds quite sexy. So it, it's actually not as sexy as you'd hope. Um, uh, talking about not as sexy as you'd hope, Pearl. <laughs> nice. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> right. Look. I mean, yes, well done there. Look. I thought X was all right. Yeah. And, you know, and we you knew this. Enjoyed, we, we knew this was coming. Yep. And I'm watching it, and it's just like, I don't care. I genuinely. And it's not like, because, ooh, ick. I just, I don't care. I do not care. This is exactly I what I was saying to you. Yeah. I, who gives a fuck about the origin story of this, like, um, horny old woman from this film who dies at the end of that film? Who who cares? It, it, it's... It's almost like Ty West, halfway through the movie, got horny both for the old lady and Mia Goth, and went, movie! I mean, apparently, he like he and Mia Goth wrote it while they were in lockdown, in like isolation, after they um, uh, arrived in Australia or New Zealand, wherever they filmed X, and they just said to A24, hey, give us... Y amount of dollars and we'll make you another film and they went for it and you know absolutely respect the hustle there yep. good on him but I don't know why A24 would think we would care <laughs> that's it the thing is I will watch it but I'm not if it didn't exist I wouldn't be asking for it no. and the it's... trailer doesn't make me want to watch it either it is no. out it comes out the Friday before we go. Uh, we, we we fly out to Florida, so I'll be honest. I fucking love watching horror movies with a US crowd. Um, so there is a part of me that thinks I might take myself off one evening to go see it. Um, for the crowd. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll go and see it, won't we? Yeah, absolutely. So I'll go and see it, but yeah, I don't. Just didn't the trailer did nothing for me? No. It just made me look at it and go, "There's a lot of just layers to that that just don't seem like they need to be there." <laughs> um, Till, you quite like this one, didn't you, Bex? Yeah, it looks really good. It looks, it looks bleak. Oh, it looks like said, "Tell you what." Yeah. It's it, as Ian would say, it's very eat your vegetables. Yeah, but like very glossy vegetables. They've yeah. got some butter on them. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it, 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 it's not just a fucking plate of of, of fucking broccoli, is it? It's not boiled broccoli. It's maybe no. being like tossed in some oil and like, oh, some no, seasoning and roasted. It, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't miss the meat. No. <laughs> no, it looks really fucking good. And important. It looks like an important movie. It does, but it looks like it's gonna be. It, it, it looks like it's gonna make me feel bad. Yeah. <laughs> in a, in a, Good way. No, you didn't do it. No, no, but still, for humanity. Oh yeah, I mean that's that's everything at the moment. 
That's looking out the fucking window at the moment. Makes you feel bad for humanity. Yeah. Did you see this one, Ian? I didn't. It's a, it's You're a, really selling it. It's a good trailer, actually. It's a fucking good yeah, trailer. It okay. But, yeah. it, but it does make you look at it and go, oh, this trailer's telling me off and I fucking deserve it. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, I'm, I'm just literally going down them in order of what I've got them, so I'm not building up to anything because I can't even bother to round it. Sure. So Black Panther, Wakanda forever. It's a fucking good trailer. It is a fucking good trailer, yeah. Yeah. Fucking good trailer. Still no idea what it's about. Yeah. Um, whose ass is in that Black Panther costume? Just have to wait and see. Do we think it's going to be Letitia Wright or do you think it's going to be one of the other ones? I really hope it's not Letitia Wright. I don't think it's going to be. Me, me thinks the Bubba being born underwater is Black Panther's kid with Lupita Nyong'o, so I don't think it's Lupita Nyong'o. Is it the Bubba underwater at one of the Atlanteans? Yeah, there? I heard that the the watery... The, oh. It's, it's the Wakandans and the Atlanteans. Yeah, it's Atlanteans, yeah. That looked like an Atlantean baby. I thought it was a Wakanda water birth. I, I thought it was a fish uh, initially, and then I kind of like read some reactions to it. And it was like, oh my God, the Facebook comments thing, I think it was that I read. never look People at comments. very angry about just everything on there, yeah, aren't they? It's a comment yeah. section. Yeah, but they were they were arguing about whether like what was going to happen and how disrespectful it was to like not just recast it and people get recast all the time and they should have just never made another movie and it's like, Ugh. yeah, it's <laughs> I I think it's super fucking interesting to have the warrior women of this nation try and work out what the fuck to do when their icon has gone. I, I I think that is a very very cool premise for a film. Yeah, and it's a sad premise for a film. It's going to be a very 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 sad film. But I think I, it's actually I, the yeah, most I, respectful way they could have dealt with it though, because if yep. they had recast it, nah, fuck that. If they'd not addressed it at all, also fuck that. It it allows yep. people to grieve the character and the actor simultaneously. I have heard a a rumor. Ooh. I have heard a rumor. Go on. That um, when Shuri goes into the Black Panther place bit, yeah, like it's like the afterlife bit, isn't it? Because like he goes in there at one point and speaks to his dad, doesn't he? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh. like a spirit. Plane. Yeah, yeah. Do people want me to say this rumor or not? Uh, what it's going to be a CG fucking Chadwick Boseman talking to her? No, it's Killmonger. Oh, okay. Oh. She thinks she's going to see um, Chadwick. She thinks she's going to see. Because his name's got up my head. I can't even. I can't remember either. Um, Michael B. Jordan. T'Challa. T'Challa, yeah. Uh, oh, but it, oh, it's, it's not. It's Killmonger yeah. instead. That's an interesting way of dealing with the fact that Killmonger's argument was right. Yeah. It was just the actions he was taking were wrong. And technically, he was a Black Panther at one point. Mm. But he's not. Oh, I like that. Yeah, I, I heard a rumor that that, that that not that's not wasn't a theory that someone was putting out that that was a look. I've heard this happens. Okay, and that's how they got around the. Mm. I'm not seeing it. Okay. Uh, yeah, it looks really fucking good. Um, looks 
looks like the the usual kind of like right we need you to make it look a little bit like this and Google has gone yeah but it looks like <laughs> a, a proper Marvel movie it looks like how they used to look before they all got homogenised yeah it's I think it's going to be fucking huge huge that movie and deservedly so so from a great comic book adaptation movie to Black Adam fuck that no yeah no <laughs> Just, 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 it's ten years too late. Mm. Do you just know what? Do you reckon the, they the... signed him up think, at, at like the height of his popularity, thinking this is going to be fucking great, we've got Dwayne the fucking Rock Johnson, and he's damaged his stock so much now? Because it's not, I mean, it's not just us that say this. No. He, he, yeah, I know we have a, a, a hate hard on for him, but... It isn't. It isn't just like he's let us down. Bubble. He has let us down. He's let us down. We used. To, we, and we he's damaged used to his be... stock so much, but they still got this this movie to put out. Yeah. But you should never have fucking taken on Uncle Vin. It's never going to end well. No, that was kind of the beginning of the yeah. end, wasn't it? Um, what was that? There was a film we watched today that, 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 that this week that had a joke related I, I, to just, that. So just... it's two. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. If I'm just not. to say. I enjoy the fact that Black Adam has a character called Doctor Fate, and it is played by Pierce Brosnan. I will watch a film where Pierce Brosnan plays a character called Doctor Fate all day long. I'm a bit annoyed that that film is Black Adam, but yes, I will watch Black Adam. So Shazam looks like it could be fun. <laughs> it's another one that's ten years too late, though. I mean, the last one was only out like three years, four years ago. Was it? Fucking hell, that feels like ages ago. I, well, time has no meaning in the past few years, does it? That's true. No, no it was only three years ago. Shazam, the first, last one, uh, yeah, it was... Yeah, 2019. 2019, yeah, three years ago. Holy shit, for some reason in my head it came out around the same time as that one with Nick Cage and that blonde girl. I mean, that could be a lot of films. Drive Angry? <laughs> no. Um... Oh, the the blonde girl with the face who was in the movie about the the plane and there was a baby and monsters. <laughs> Fucking hell, that's a lot. Um, oh, what was it? it I was don't like know. You have, you have something in your phone that will tell you. I know, but I don't know what to search. Not that. Nick Cage. <laughs> okay. He makes so many movies. <laughs> Nicholas Cage. When was this out? I, well, that's it. I don't know. A while ago. <laughs> Scrolling. Do, do, do you mean... Kick-ass. Kick-ass? Yeah. No. <laughs> Where's there an airplane in Kick-ass? No, no, no. Chloe Grace Moretz was also in that awful film with the airplane and the baby in that. Oh, of course, yes. Shadow in the Cloud. Oh, Jesus. Right. That was, that was the Chloe Grace Moretz movie you picked. Can't think of any others. So Shazam. <laughs> <laughs> that looks fun, right? Yeah. Oh god, I've just I, highlighted look, I... to everyone that listens that sometimes I am as stupid as you are. A little bit on that one. Shit. Yeah, I, I, Shazam looks all right. It, it kind of looks like it's going to be absolutely swallowed whole by Avatar, but. Hopefully, over a Christmas period, it will 
like do do enough. I think I think there's a bit of I think there's a quiet love for Shazam out there. I yeah, think no, pe- no, people I think really vibe with the last one. I don't remember it. All. Yeah, yeah. I remember liking it, but I just I'll don't need remember to... it. Yeah, I'll need to rewatch it. I bought it on uh, Apple when it was cheap at some point. So. I, I will also need to rewatch it because yeah. when all the people came in, like at the in, in the trailer, I was like, "Who are those pricks?" <laughs> <laughs> uh, right. What else have we got? All right, Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. Yeah. That looks fun. I think it looks fucking brilliant. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. Chris Pine, take. Sorry, go. Sorry, go on. And I was just saying, yeah, for sure. It looks, it looks, it looks fun. It looks like a fun kind of the whole like irreverent family movie kind of vibe that we that we had for a while there. Mm, yeah, it's like that again. Oh yeah, it, it does. It does look like that. It, there's a yeah. The, I, I just I I will happily watch Chris Pine just being a charming idiot. Yeah. So basically, just playing himself yeah it, it still does like blow my mind how much he looks like the character from team america world place though very much hair. does it's the hair but i love him he's great in everything so the next trailer for don't we darling uh not as into it as i was the first design but i did like the harsh sound design of the tick tock i thought that was interesting I'll have more of that. Um, but I hope the... I really, really, really hope it is not just men are powerful and they're dicks. I have a feeling it might be. <laughs> but there's an interesting shot in the trailer, actually, that I spotted. Go on. So there's a bit uh, where yeah. Florence Pugh is literally sinking into the bath and her reflection in the mirror that's next to her yeah. as she sinks at the bath, turns around and looks at her. Yeah. That was fucking interesting. I just... I, it, the, 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 the imagery in this film reminds me of the Last Night in Soho trailer where that trailer was fucking interesting and it had, like, you know, the, the kind of, like, the stuff at the end where, like, that room's breaking apart and, uh, like, her eyes in the reflection of the knife and all that, mm. all that good stuff. Um, Didn't that have some TikTok action for... going as well? Yeah, no, and like the breaking of glass slowly. Uh... Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and it, I, I, I'm starting to get those kinds of vibes, but I'm more than happy to be proved wrong. It just, it, I, I, I want, I, I want these films to be more than just men are entitled dickheads. I want, I want him to get deeper in that really like Be- old becky hall just fucking screaming at me about how much of a fucking dick i am well, the reviews, i want the reviews that, for that have but, come in haven't they and are very good for of of what rebecca uh, becky hall screaming about how much a dick i am <laughs> they made the film <laughs> yes oh my make a wish foundation letter got to them <laughs> um, um but no, no, I mean, like, it, it, it's... I want that film to be angry, but I also want that film to not be obvious. Mm. I, it's the, I, I, I've been up for it until that trailer, and then that trailer made me go a little bit... Mm, okay. 
I kind of I, I want I want to stop seeing things about it now. I just want to see the movie now. Again, I'm going to go see that in a, uh, with an American audience. I'm very, very much hoping for a lot of what the fuck <laughs> noises. Um, not okay. The movie we're reviewing next week <laughs> looks okay. Yes, does look okay. Kind of up for it. Yeah. As long as she gets a comeuppance, which it looks like she does. All right, Max. Fucking hell. What? As long as that bitch dies. Well, yeah. As long as she fucking kills herself. I never said she had to die. Online. Jesus. And nobody's watching. Yeah. yeah. Um, they then. Oh, God, that's one of the saddest fucking things I think I've ever heard. God, that's really fucking dark. Just like, no one even cares. <laughs> I'm going to kill myself online and no one's even going to watch. Yeah, everybody logged off. <laughs> Why did you log off? Ah, bad, mate. <laughs> did you know she killed herself? So? Who cares? Who cares? I'm not watching it. Uh, they, them. The what, what? They, them. Oh, have you not watched... oh they slash them? Yes. I, th- I didn't watch this. The more... Um, I think I'm going to leave myself pure. Mm, the more I see of this, the more I'm a bit like... I really hope this isn't just super tone deaf and bad. Yeah. It, it looks it, like it, it could be super tone deaf. It, it, it does. And it, 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 it seems a little, I don't know, I'm not sure on this. Mm-hmm. It's a bit like, nah, you, not right now. <laughs> <laughs> not right now. It, the message you try to get across. Is not going to get. They're going to side with the wrong people. I don't know. It, it calls it an LBGTQIA plus empowerment tale set at a gay conversion camp. So it's people are going to right side. side. No, I just don't. I, 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 I think it's going to land with the wrong people. Yeah, because like inarguably, Kevin Spacey is the most recognisable. Kevin person. Spacey. No, fucking what's he called? Kevin Bacon. Kevin Bacon is the most like recognisable. <laughs> that would be turned deaf. That would be turned deaf. Um, and like you, you, you kind of automatically drift towards siding with the person whose face you know, who's the star, don't you? And then like, if you then turns out to be a bad dickhead, but people just still side. With it, I just um, really hope like fucking halfway through he tries to sell my phone. Yeah, tries to land the plane using a dodgy Wi-Fi signal. <laughs> don't fucking get me started on a fucking advert. <laughs> oh, we just landed a plane. Don't get me started on a fucking, fucking advert. You didn't land a fucking plane. All the equipment landed a fucking plane. <laughs> you just sat there and went, oh my God. Anyway, breaking. Do you know what Two we electric did? boogaloo. We just watched this trailer like less than an hour ago and I cannot remember it all. Uh, a veteran uh, decides to rob a bank, um, yeah. but it's not. It's basically he's trying to get the attention of robbing a bank um, so he can draw attention to the way that veterans are treated. Yeah, that was it. Um... Yeah, it looks like it's going to be a very good two-hander between um, McLeod Williams and um, John Boyega. Boyega. Who is getting very, very good reviews in this. This is another one that looks very vegetable-heavy, though. Yes. I have a feeling that that all of the... This is one of those movies where all of the action is in the trailer. Yeah. Again, and it's going to be quite heavy going in the actual film. Mm. The killing them softly of 2022. Yes. 
Uh, Halloween ends. We're getting towards the end of the trailer chat, guys. Fucking hell. God's sake. That was this week as well. <laughs> um, not a lot what? in the trailer, really, other than the fact that it's the Halloween ends movie. And it looks like there's some de-aging going on. It does look like there's some de-aging going on. Yeah. There was some flashbacky bits, but they did look like there was some de-aging bits in mm. there as well. Mm. What do you think, Ian? I liked Halloween Kills, damn it. I'm going to rewatch so, Halloween Kills, obviously before Halloween ends, to see if I was wrong or if everyone else is right. I just... It, uh, Halloween Kills, so it was a sledgehammer, but fuck you, it's horror. So, you know, th- th- that is what it is sometimes. I'm looking forward to it, but, we're, you know, we'll we'll see. I'm, I'm a little bit worried about the fact that... Um, uh, your 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 guy, your Pineapple Express man. What the fuck is that? David Gordon Green. I'm a little bit worried that with the whole COVID delay and him retooling it to be set in the age of COVID, that it's going to be a little bit too much fucking noodling. Yeah. But we'll we'll you know we'll see. I I like having Halloween films coming out in October, and I love to see it. So yeah. Yep. Uh, John Wick Chapter Four. Fucking get my dick out. Let's go. Beat me up, John Wick. Um, I very much want you to whip me with that belt in my face because I've been a very bad boy. I didn't kill your dog, but I would like to kill you. So hurt me, please, Daddy. (laughs) Yeah, it just looks fucking brilliant. It just... When you watch this trailer, you go, yeah, they're just so good. They've built such a great world. I think I need to rewatch this trailer because I, I felt quite underwhelmed. I think then, you do need to rewatch the trailer. When did we watch it? I don't know. Did we watch it before or after watching the cheap knockoff of it, but was basically trying to be a knockoff of it? Uh, before that, I think. Was it before that? Yeah. Mm. I need to rewatch it because I love the John Wick movies, but I yeah. watch this trailer. I'm just like, oh, really, another one? Do you have any more trailers? No, I don't think so. Ian, do you have more? Fuck, I don't. I hope I don't. Did you not get the Oppenheimer trailer? I, I yeah. I mean, I I have seen the Oppenheimer trailer. Uh, yeah, all right. I'll speak. I'll speak to that for a minute. But I feel like we probably need to do a deeper dive when when you guys get a chance to see it. Uh, surprised the shit out of me when this started up in front of where the crawdads sing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um like what the fuck? Um, it looks pretty intense. There's this weird timer. Um, at the bottom of the screen running while the trailer runs and it's like I, I know Nolan likes his time is he literally going to have some sort of timer counting down on the screen throughout the entire fucking film or something like what's that about um, yeah it looks it looks intense there's not a lot to it uh, there's a lot of fire imagery but it certainly grabbed the attention i'll say that we'll, we'll we'll talk more about it i was a bit disappointed that my first time watching that trailer was not on an imax screen i'll say that yeah i think because it, it's that, getting fully released next week i think isn't it 
Yeah, I mean, I, well, I mean, it, it should be. I mean, it was it was attached to the DCPs of Nope, mm. so it was like literally, it just played directly in front of Nope in the US. So I don't know whether they'll do that over here, considering like the trailers come out separately. But I would very much like to see this in IMAX when I see Nope in IMAX. So yeah, same. Right, that was probably our most epic trailer chat we've ever done. <laughs> Fair uh, point. We'll start that bet because she's just marinating chicken. <laughs> okay, sounds good. Yeah. Uh, right. Our, our feature review this week uh, is the Amazon Prime movie Prize Fighter: The Life of Jim Belcher, um, directed by Daniel Graham, written by and starring Matt Hookings. Um, and Ray Winston, uh, Stephen Burkov for a, an amount of time, uh, and Russell Crowe. Uh, what, what is it about? Well, IMDb tells us, uh, at the turn of the 19th century, pugilism was the sport of kings, and a gifted young boxer fought his way to become champion of England. So, yeah, that, that, that kind of is what it's about. Uh, Matt Hawkins plays Jem Belcher, and... Uh, Russell Crowe plays Jack Slack, his uh, his grandfather, who helps teach him the way of um, pugilism, in spite of the fact that Jack Slack actually died three years before Jem Belcher was born. <laughs> but yeah, fuck it, why not? Uh, wow. Ian, what do you think to Prizefighter, the life of Jem Belcher? <laughs> so, I... The thing is, it, it's doing very, very ordinary sports movie stuff. Like, just ordinary stuff. But I thought the end was alright. Again, I mean, again, feels entirely manufactured and not what actually happened. But Yeah, it's really not. <laughs> yeah, I... I did like what this film, like this film, was trying to get across with like boxing being like the everyman sport and like the the like the thrill of the art of it. Like I I was quite taken with, but this film is at its most entertaining when Russell Crowe is on screen and he dies about twenty minutes in. Um, and then the rest of it is this weirdly trying way too hard to look glossy when you want it to be mucky period film where alright, it's a guy from the streets who starts loving the smell of his own farts and then has to be broken down and start again for an hour and 40 minutes cool Yep. Just absolute filler. Absolute filler that I'm assuming Winstone and Crow were a bit bored during the pandemic and were getting paid well. It's not egregiously shit, but it is just what are these guys doing? Do like what why? Why? Why is anyone doing this? Yeah, it is a little bit like that, isn't it? Um, Bex, 
what do you think to you, prize fighter, the uh, life of Jem Belcher? I just, <coughs> I just didn't really see the point of it. Like, if you're going to make a movie like this, make it historically accurate, or at least vaguely historically accurate, or interesting. And it was none of those things. Yeah, it, it does feel a little bit like... Um, sorry, go on. Uh, but boxing movies are not my not my kind of thing anyway with the obvious obvious exception um but yeah the oh my god and that final fucking fight went on for 13 days um i finally understood what you meant um with the whole um no they shouldn't be in a period drama because they look like they've seen an iphone the girl that played his sister (laughs) yeah it was just like nah Sorry. Um, mm. None of the performances. Actually, no, to be fair, Ray Winston and um, Russell Crowe were both pretty decent. In it. I don't normally like Ray Winston. I thought he was really good in this. But, like, the rest of the cast were not good. Uh, yeah, I, 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 I quickly agree with you on that, yeah. It, it, it's almost a little bit like uh, Matt Hawkins decided that he wanted to. He really liked boxing. And he heard about this guy, Jem Belcher, and wanted to write a biopic about him. But then couldn't be asked to do any fucking <laughs> research whatsoever. Yeah. So, not even read the fucking Wikipedia page. No, I reckon he read the top of the Wikipedia page. Yeah, and then just went, ah, I cast myself in it. But I'm, I'm not going to actually get in shape for it. Um, and then, uh, yeah. It just, it was, like you say, Russell Crowe was the best thing about it and he dies after 20 minutes. Hmm. And, and then you find out that, that his character actually should never have fucking been there in the first place. Um, no, I thought Ray Winston was pretty much what you expect from Ray Winston now, which is a caricature of Ray Winston. But Ray Winston fitted the role, so it worked. But, but, I, just, but every so often, he just did embarrassing man-in-the-pub things. Of going, yeah, oh, he's a punch. He's got his one, two, one, two, one, two, and it's like waving his arms around. It's like, just stop it, stop it, Ray. Just go back to being a betting head. Mm-hmm. It was, it, it all, it, it just none of it seemed that difficult, <laughs> either. And it really was at the time, you know. Oh, and do you know what I hated? Because they were, they were obviously going, they were. Uh, like, this kid that wrote it, clearly a fan of Rocky. This was going to be his Rocky. But then, why just copy shit? Like, the, the final fight has got so many shades of fucking Rocky. Even down to the bit where he cuts his fucking eye. That just made me really, really angry. Yeah. 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 Also, as well, it's, not, uh... not, not his final fight, actually. Either. He had, like, four or five fights after that as well. <laughs> Look, it, it, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's a very fucking meh bit of content. It, it really that's, is. That's, it, it's just, when you watch it, you kind of watch it going, it, there's, a, there's a genuine, you know, there's a, the occasional, how did this get made? Where it's just, it's so ridiculous, how did this get made? This is a, how did how this, did get, this get made? Yeah. How did this get Russell Crowe, though? <clears throat> This 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 seems small for him. I, I think he is right. There's 
the Yeah, there there have been films over the last year or so where there have been people in them where you're like, what the fuck is this person doing in this? And I honestly, I think it's because you've got these production companies able to go, we're small and live enough that we don't necessarily need a massive crew. So the COVID protocols, it's easier to manage with and we will pay you a decent amount. Apparently, literally, Russell Crowe was added during production when production had had to be stopped because they had run out of money, Um, and like a lot of the crew hadn't been paid and bits like that. And the only way they could get it rolling again is if they got a bit of an injection of cash, and that's when Amazon went, "Right, we'll take it. We'll we'll buy it, but you have to. We're going to put Russell Crowe in it." Fair enough. Uh, yeah, I it, it's that 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 I feel like there's been quite a few. This person would not have been in this film if COVID hadn't have happened. Lately, I swear I've said it on the show. Yeah. Um, and I I I think this is this is just one of them. Um, yeah, yeah, I. And hey, I mean, if if people have made a bit of money off of it because Amazon have bought it, then you know, absolutely fair play. But, 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 but the bad thing is, this film was shot last year, right? All of it was was was, was most of it was shot last year. They only finished it in May uh, <coughs> and June this year. Russell Crowley joined it in May this year. <laughs> Yeah. What? What are you saying? Really? Yeah. They, Russell Crowe only only kind of like shot his bits for it in like May of this year. <coughs> That's mad. Yeah. That's fucking mad. Yeah. So and you can kind I mean, of tell. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, because what does he do? He gets pissed. Has a couple of conversations with a kid. Like has a conversation with the kid's mum where he where she says, "Please don't draw him into your life," and then immediately proceeds to draw him into his life, um, and bets on a chicken fight yeah. and punches a couple of people. I enjoyed the chicken fight bit. I I enjoyed the fact that the one bit of boxing advice that he gives him <laughs> is make sure you always follow straight away. One fist One follows, the, follows the other. And then none of that happens in any of the fights he ever has. Oh, that's a good point. <laughs> you keep waiting, going, going, here we go. He's going to be like the king, like the fucking combo king and bits like that. No. no. About the most amusing bit of it is when he slaps that drunk in the face. <laughs> in the fight. And then spits what? Spits booze in his face. And that's yeah. about it. Yeah. yeah I did enjoy that. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's just not it's just I, I, really not very thing, good <laughs> one thing I will say I'm glad he didn't have a love interest I'm glad it was just like he fucks about yeah. and he never really has an attachment with anyone like there's that one rich woman but even that doesn't really turn into anything yeah so I I, I, <laughs> I enjoyed that they didn't do that and like I say the ending to a relative extent got me It was it was rousing to a point and then it just, it was like, it it was a little bit like the director couldn't quite help himself for going, I just want to eke out a little bit more. Yeah. 
Yeah. And it was like, right, we stopped caring. Oh, uh, as well, Jesus, it just the, the wonderment of the guy's name. Oh, oh, I can't remember his real name. Is it Harry Burton? Oh, the game chicken. Yeah. Game chicken. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> hell. Gem necktie belcher. Yeah. This is Harry. The game chicken. The game chicken birch. Birch. <laughs> yeah, it um, it's not very good. Um, I'm gonna be honest. It's probably gonna be. I I, I I genuinely hope I don't see ten films worse than this. But it isn't gonna be our worst film of the year. But it will probably be in my bottom ten. Yeah. And I feel bad for that because it's got Russell Crowe in it, and I love Russell Crowe. <laughs> yeah, he's not in it for long. I don't think he'll take it too bad. No. What is everybody? Because I'm. Yeah, I, I, I think it's shit. <laughs> shit, yeah. Um, I am very, 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 very mildly definitely not shit, and I'm sorry. <laughs> Fair play. <laughs> well, I thought I thought it was fine. I thought it was aggressively fine. Our audience poll. Yeah. Definitely not shit, 0%. Touching class, 0%. And shit, 100%. <laughs> oh. It just is shit, though. <laughs> so I can't feel too sorry for it. Have you ever wondered what so-called family films will scar your kids forever? Putting four or five-year-olds in front of this movie, it's like, if they didn't know what death was before this, they're going to know it after it. They're going to know it after it, and they're going to be freaking terrified. And they're going to be questioning you. Yeah. Or do you have the slight suspicion that your loved one has a cold, dead heart? Yeah, The Dark Knight has got all the orphans, and like, oh no, we're going to die. They did not build up those orphans at all. In my head, I was like, kill them. Then look no further, the His Film Her Movie podcast is the show for you. It's the movie podcast that celebrates the contrasting cinematic tastes of its hosts. So join Jordan and Lauren every week on their unique journey through the land of the silver screen. So if you're looking for a few laughs, some fun film related chat, then get involved. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher or wherever you get your podcasts. Um, hey, Hannah, you know, I think you really can't be a good rewatch of a TV show. Would you agree with that, love? Oh, yes, I would. Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I think during, you know, global pandemics, storms, all of these things, it's quite nice to just sit down and burn through something that you've seen a million Absolutely times. Absolutely nothing like a binge watch. Star Trek. Babylon 5. Because you could sit there for hours looking at serial killer documentaries. Absolutely. Uh, that Netflix. doesn't make you a weird person uh, at all. It doesn't. Yeah, you could watch documentaries that all seem to be about women killing men. Love you, darling. You could put off watching Daredevil for the 30th time. Harry Potter. But really, you can't be immersing yourself in the warm jumper of a rewatch of a show of or a, a franchise. Beloved franchise. A beloved franchise. Lord of the Rings. Twin Peaks. From VHS compilations recorded off television with the ad breaks, cut out of course, to DVD box sets of Sex in the City and, I don't know, Smallville. <laughs> Farscape. Quantum Leap. To giving up finding new content on Netflix and just having a comfort trawl through Star Trek The Next Generation or 
Parks and Recreation. I think that we can all agree. There's a lot to be said for that. You can't beat a good rewatch. So, with that in mind, join Anna and Mike from Chinstroke vs. Panzer as we burn through some of our favourite franchises and share our immediate reactions to each instalment in both spoiler and non-spoiler sections. To do that, do a search for the Rewatch Project with Hannah and Mike on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whichever your favourite podcast provider may be, or go directly to anchor.fm forward slash Rewatch Project. We are proud members of the Pod Syndicate family of podcasts. Well, moving on um, from, from one... This is our. I'm going to call this a soft feature review, um, partially because I forgot we were reviewing it. Um, Persuasion um, is directed by Carrie Cracknell um, and written by Ronald Brass um, and Alice Victoria Winslow. Of course, it was um, based on the Jane uh, Austen novel, uh, and it stars Dakota Johnson. Uh, Cosmo Jarvis, that is a real name, I haven't made that up. Sure. Uh, Henry Golding, Rich D. Grant and other people uh, are in it. Uh, And what does IMDb say it is? Eight years after Annie Elliot was persuaded not to marry a dashing man of humble origins, they meet again. Will she seize her second chance at true love? Ian. Persuasion. Were you persuaded? Um, I mean, there's a question. Uh, yeah. I mean, I was turned on. By Henry Sorry, Golden. that's really. I mean, I, 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 I mean, a bit of Henry Golding, a bit of, but a lot of Dakota Johnson, right? So. We talked very briefly about this last week when I was about half uh, half an hour into it, and I was like, "Okay, so people are complaining about the pl- flea bagification of persuasion, but also fucking love flea bag." Kind of make your mind up, please. <laughs> and I'm I, after watching this film, I'm kind of still there. You know, I don't think it's amazing, and I think that the Henry Golding character is so much of a dick so fucking quickly that any tension is completely robbed because she's obviously going to fucking get with old Cosmo Jarvis. Um, and it's just, how is it going to play out? So the, 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 the walking, the walking fucking puppy dog. That boy is punching. What Cosmo Jarvis? Yeah. yeah and, no, he is. And then you've got Henry Golding who is basically playing a hard on, <laughs> um, uh, which I mean is, and it's good, you know, I mean, he's good as that, but there's no tension in that role whatsoever. Um, but, yeah, I mean, hey, look, Dakota Johnson, I think that woman is fucking captivating. And, I like, that, you know, her and old Rebecca Hall are just... I don't... I just have zero chance of objectivity... I enjoyed her looking at the camera because it looked like she was looking at me. Um, and that's fine. Yep. <laughs> that's, it's, it's fine. You know. 
it's so I, I yeah I don't look I thought it was I thought the girl who played her sister it was like just um the one with the kids and the running joke Maybe of like where are your kids how should I know <laughs> you know I I thought that was great I really enjoyed that um yeah yeah I I, I thought she was really good actually um and hey look I mean I I enjoyed the melodrama I enjoyed the silly. I've never seen any version of Persuasion before, so I think absolutely fair enough. If you're a Persuasion stan, maybe you would be riled by this. But also, like I said last week, you want to get people into Persuasion and you need to fleabag it up because fleabag's a hot thing. That feels like a perfectly sensible thing to do. Um, But yeah, Dakota Johnson, Jesus fucking Christ. Becky. Were you persuaded? It's a difficult one because I, I I have no history with persuasion. I've never read it, and I've like Ian, I've never seen a, a previous adaptation, so it's not it's not something that's dear to my heart. Because like Jane Austen's a bit. I'm not, I'm not a Jane Austen fan. No. Um, one thing I would say is, you know, this doesn't affect me, but if if someone had done this to a book I loved when ad- adapting it, I, I think I'd be very upset. Like, the changes in dialogue, the changes in tone, the fact that it's a fucking Jane Austen story and you end up rooting for her to end up alone is not a good sign. It's not. No, because they're always romantic and you always want the the girl to end up with the guy because he's the love of her life. They're, they're all a bit like that, aren't they? Fucking Pride and Prejudice is like that. But this is just like, they're both just so unworthy. And whether that's because it's Dakota Johnson, <laughs> I don't know. But they are both unworthy of it. They're both, he's a fucking pathetic little whiny bitch who spits his dummy mm-hmm. out. And Henry Golding's just a bit of a twat. I would have rather ended up with, with at least they'd have had some good banter. He, he, he does look a little bit, Cosmo Jarvis, he does look a little bit like he'd be really easy to make him cry. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I think I think it misses the tone and I think it misses I like the bits in the in the, I can't remember the exact quote and there's there's nothing on, on uh, IMDB with it in it but it's like, oh they say if you're a six in Bath, you're a ten in blah blah blah. Like, they didn't speak like that, that's not part of the book. That's that's just something that's been modernised and if you're gonna modernise a story like this, go fucking whole hog. Do it like clueless. Do it like 10 Things I Hate About You if you're going to change the dialogue and modernise it. Set it in modern time or keep it... Keep it in... No, no, set it in modern time. You can't change it to a modern dialogue and keep it in period time because it's, it's too jarring. Yeah, like the Mary Antoinette thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it just... It didn't work for me, but I thought Dakota Johnson was very good in it. And the flea bagging didn't bother me. Like, the looks to camera, it just makes her look like she's just been a little bit flirty and cheeky, which is fine. Yeah, because we all want to get flirty and cheeky with Dakota Johnson. Yeah. Who wouldn't? <coughs> uh, that's it. I, I, like, I, 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 I'm fairly certain I have read Persuasion. I think I read it in English. Yeah, fucking nerd. Yeah. I read it at school. I read a book at school. <laughs> Yeah, um, I don't like it because uh, <laughs> I don't really like Jen Austen. <laughs> no. no, just no. 
But then again, I am I am white, but I'm not a girl. So um, see, what, we had to re- I'd rather read Persuasion than fucking Prime Bloody Prejudice. I read that as well. I had Miss Longs so with read fucking because she was white and a girl. So I read so much. Girl is very generous. This girl is very generous. That woman, yes. She was once a girl. Yeah, so I had to read a lot of a lot of Jane Austen. I had her as well though. This isn't interesting content. Yeah, it's not. Sorry. Um, so yeah. Uh, uh, we just have to do a lot of Blake. I, I, I did you get fucking Blake. William Blake was great. No, we didn't get Blake. That's good. Um, which would have been great. Anyway, uh, I haven't seen Fleabag, so I don't understand when everyone, and everyone keeps on going on about the Fleabagification of it. I haven't seen it, so I don't know what it means. Um, I've seen one episode and it annoyed the shit out of me. So I don't watch anymore. I, I might it, watch it. It, it, it. It's the looking to the to looking to the camera and commenting, or like when someone says something, looking to the camera and giving a look like Ian. Hi, I'm Dakota Johnson. You're pretty great. Um, see, I, which is what I had in my mind frequently. Yeah, I I really like those bits. I thought they were cheeky. Hmm. And I, I liked I liked that I liked the fact yep. that, that Dakota Johnson was getting cheeky with the audience, mm-hmm. um, yeah. and you know it's they're a bit. Let's be honest, the Jane Austens they're a bit woolly, aren't they? Mm. They're a bit, you know, it's it's the book your aunt gives you, yeah. you know, and not your cool aunt. No, the one that yeah, the one you don't want to go and stay with. The one who's got both sweets in a bag. The one who's gonna judge you for premarital sex. Yeah. Um, they're a bit like that, right? <coughs> so, but the thing again, yeah, like you were saying, Bex, is is you kind of you look at it and go, look, you can have more fun with fucking Golding. Mm. It's gonna be shit, but it's gonna be better than the one who's clearly have night terrors. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you probably yeah. wake up on the morning and he's just there staring at you, going. Hi, I've just been watching you. Yeah. Who are you going to go for a walk and you get back? And he's going to go, I'm sorry, I just didn't know where you were. He's he, <laughs> the, the one who literally is Quiet going... Quiet the beauty of nature. No, he, right. <laughs> Golding is going to fuck her and then he's going to finish, wipe his dick and think, where do I go fuck next? Yeah. yeah. Right. Fucking, Probably wipe it on her dress. Yeah. Cosmo, right, is going to fuck her and then cry during it. Yeah. And she's going to be going, oh, God, at least Golding will be fun. Mm. It, but I kind of enjoyed it. And she has a few good dramatic bits within it, where she's really oh in the bar. Yeah, the the back sequence is like it lifts you out of it. Because I think at that point it had started to bag a little bit because it is quite long. Mm. And then the bit where she has like the essentially the little bit of a breakdown where she's having a bath. Mm. It, she's fucking great in that. Mm. You know, people might criticize the. I'm going to say it, even though I don't know what it means. The flea bagginess of it, and all that, like, that lot, and the modernisation bit. But that is genuinely a great scene mm. within the movie that's really well shot, really well acted. Um, I, 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 I enjoyed it, um, but probably mostly because of Dakota Johnson, mm. which I think is the most enjoyable thing about this movie. Mm. Because there's not a lot else to it. Totally fair. I'd like to say I'm going to read the book to kind of compare. Nah, I don't. But I'm just fucking not. Don't. Just yeah. don't need to. Right. Ian. What the fuck have you been watching, mate? Uh, yeah. Oh, wait, okay, by so, and definitely also, not just shit. Say, definitely not shit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, definitely shit. Did you do an audience poll on this? No, no I didn't. I forgot. Okay. 
Don't pull it Right, out. strap in. I'll go as quick as I can. It's got a fucking <laughs> journey. On me. I'm just gonna go. I'm just gonna go in order of watching. So, uh, rewatch the Lost City. Ooh, how was that? Uh, a rewatch. The Lost. Uh, very very fun. Remains fun. Um, not not an absolute banger, but as solid uh, action comedy as they come. Uh, for the first time uh, in fucking ages, I watched Layer Cake. Now, Ooh. Layer Cake is good. That film is such an audition for Bond that it almost takes the piss. Um, there is literally a moment in it where he is play pointing a gun at things. Like, he's just got a gun and he's excited and he's playing about. And there is a shot which is basically the same shot as the first shot of Bond in Skyfall. It's weird. Um <laughs> Uh, it's yeah. Uh, Layer cake's just this great little one-off nasty bit of work, um, but it's funny as well. I, I I do enjoy Layer Cake. It's it's very much long-time Guy Ritchie producer Matthew Vaughan making his directorial debut, which is kind of just like a Guy Ritchie film, but a bit more serious. So I enjoy Layer Cake. Yeah, I was hovering over rewatching it again the other day because I've. I... It's one of those films where every time I watch it, I remember it just getting better and better and better. But I remember at the time, the the real big deal about it wasn't even Daniel Craig. It was um, Sienna Miller in her underwear. It was like the big fucking deal yeah. about it. And it's just... It's, and she's barely in it. Yeah, she's barely in it. Sorry. But it's like she was, at the time, because she was dating Jude Law at the time, I believe. Mm. Um, yeah. yeah. And it was like, she was like the hot shit at the time. And then, yeah, now it's like, it's pretty much accepted that it was actually Daniel Craig's Bond audition. <laughs> and it, yeah, and I mean, like, that Sienna Miller thing, like, she is in three scenes, and one, I'm fairly sure that she doesn't have any words right at the end. Yeah. It's, it, it, it is, yeah, and yeah, yeah, Sienna Miller was the big thing from it, you're right. Um, she's also got a fucking awful accent in it. It's yeah. just, no, no. I just, like, Daniel Craig's looking at her. As soon as she opens her mouth, I'd be like, nope. Yeah, even even she says, it's mad that that is the most famous, that the film I'm most famous for, and I'm shitting it. <laughs> yeah, I just, yeah, not great. Um, ben Whishaw's fucking fantastically... You're such a dickhead in it, though. He's he's only in it for a couple of scenes, but he, he makes an impression. Uh, okay, where the cruel dads sing. So, I went for a meal with work, had a couple of pints, went for drinks, had a couple, took in a six-can pack of Heineken with me, <laughs> For where the cruel dads sing, so I am the there. only other the only other alcohol that has been consumed during where the cruel dads sing is rosé. So well played, Ian. Like seriously, I was by myself, and it was like just basically all groups of women, and there I am, just fucking. <laughs> Like every twenty minutes or so, can opens. 
Uh, so, my review of Where the Crawl Dads Sing comes with a heavy, very drunk um, uh, uh, warning, disclaimer. So, um, I don't think Where the Crawl Dads Sing is, is, is very good. My review on Letterboxd, which I wrote at the time, was... <laughs> They suck at singing, but Edgar Jones is great, so two stars. To which Noel Meller replied, this is based on a book. <laughs> which is... Um, uh, and I'm going to leave it there. Um, so... Um, right. The thing is, this is produced by Reese Witherspoon and Hello Sunshine, as we discussed a week or two back. Um... And this is a glossy adaptation of a book that feels like it probably should have been directed by Ben Zeitland, who directed Beasts of the Southern Wild. Um, or, or, you know, or, or just a earthy, or like a fucking Deborah Granick uh, who directed Winter's Bone. You know, it feels like it needs to be directed by someone like that if you're going to be authentic. Literally, the first 20 minutes is a flashback and Edgar Jones' character, as a kid, she's got mud all over her face. As soon as it cuts to Edgar Jones, who's been living by herself in a marsh for a decade and she just looks like Daisy Edgar Jones. <laughs> it's like, that doesn't make sense at all. Um... So it obviously based on uh, a novel. Um, speaking to Donna about it, she's read the book, but obviously didn't go see the film with me because I wouldn't have caned a six pack of Heineken during the film if I'd seen it with Donna. Um, and um, I, she assures me, based on what I was saying, that the book is quite different. I have um, heard but, that quite a lot. Yeah. So essentially, this girl living in a marsh for like 10 years or so, uh, starts a relationship with a lad um, who... Uh, uh, the relationship ends, starts having a relationship with another lad, and then um, she's attempted, uh, she's accused of attempting to kill him. Uh, and then it's um, a did she... Well, no, I mean, it, it's kind of a did she, didn't she, but the courtroom drama aspect is not really that much of a part of it. And apparently... That it's not in the book either, but there's a lot of childhood flashbacks in the book. There's not here. This is essentially Twilight for people who think that the marsh in uh, the marshlands in southern US are as ho uh, turn honourable as vampires are. Um, if you really like the idea of a boy coming along in his boat and saying romantic things to you and then fucking you, then Where the Crawdads Sing is extremely your shit. Anybody else? With the film, anyway. Anybody else? Probably not. Um, all the way through... So it, 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 it's it's middle-class white girl porn. <laughs> Kinda. Do you mind if I spoil it? No. No. Do they not right. sing? Okay. I did. I, I did. 
I, di- I didn't think so. And Mark, you sounded surprised I was even asking the question. <laughs> um, so so um, basically, this will they it, 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 did she didn't she aspect right all the way through. All I'm thinking is, well, she's being presented in a sympathetic light, so it'd be really fucking boring if she's on trial and then it turns out that she was actually innocent. So I'm watching it. And the evidence, there is literally a scene where the defence lawyer, played by David Strathairn, pretty good in this, is laying out how fucking stupid the prosecution's evidence is. And it is dumb. It is all entirely circumstantial. And any fucking bits of evidence can be explained away. And when he's doing that... He's doing that monologue. It is like, right, so she did it then. And all the way through, it is her being fucked over by people. People being horrible to her and her running away. So all I'm thinking is, so she did it then because she didn't run away. She confronted this guy who was abusing her and there we go. And then... She gets cleared. And then literally, she starts her relationship with the first guy again. And then it cuts to them like 50 years later when they're old and she dies. She's a famous author, by the way. And he, in like, old man, this guy is reading her books. And then finds, like, basically evidence carved into a, a book that proved that she did actually kill the guy. Cool. And all I'm thinking is, mate, you spent probably 50 years of your life living in this marsh with this woman. There's no TV, there's no video games or anything. Doesn't look like you've got any friends. All you got is books, and you never fucking looked at the, your wife's book. I mean, there's a massive amount of respect that I have for that in a weird way, but also fuck off. Yeah. So it's not a surprise when I say this to Donna and she's like, yeah, that's done differently in the book. Um... Every single fucking decision this film seems to make is done differently in the book. But in the adaptation, they've obviously tried to make it more cinematic and it's just like, (laughs) no. And it is just her... It is literally boys in speed, like in these fucking boats, coming up to her and going, "You're real pretty. Do you know how pretty you are?" I don't know how pretty I am. I just like birds. Well, I think you're real pretty. Do you want to fuck? Yeah, I want to. And then the first boy's like, "I can't do it. Women get more damage than men when they're having sex." Oh, okay. Oh, all right. And the second guy's just like, I don't give a fuck. I'll fuck the shit out of you. Okay, you can fuck the shit out of me. I mean, that's kind of what it is. <laughs> I mean, that's where the crawdads sing the or the audio adaptation by Ian Loring. Um, but it's fairly accurate. Um, and, and it's that for about two hours. Yeah, I'll catch it when it comes out. 
But Daisy Edgar Jones is really, really good. And she deserves better material than this. And I know her agent would have gone adaptation of a hit. It'll get you like credibility with US audiences, blah, 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 blah. No, your agent needs to be giving you more stuff like Fresh. Do yeah. more stuff like Fresh. Yeah. Um, it's, yeah, it, it's really, really, really spectacularly not great. And even the Sailor Swift song's not good. Cool. And I, and I listened to the whole thing. I stayed through the whole end credits listening to the Taylor Swift song. So, moving on. Where the Crawl Dads sing. Maybe I'll re-watch it one day and I'll, it'll just be like, Ian, you were having a weird alcoholic fever dream. That's not what happened in that <laughs> film at all. But that's how I remember it. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to skip the next one because I know that, Mark, you watched it as well, so it would be a good segue. Yeah. Uh, I, I watched the Lego Batman movie. That film has got jokes, 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 and most of them hit. Lego Batman movie rules. Uh, I continued my Bob Fosse watch because this week Blank Check had Lin Manuel Miranda on to talk about all that jazz, um, which is a fucking phenomenal episode of that podcast. Um, all that jazz. Holy shit. Have you two watched all that jazz? I have seen it a number of years ago. I don't think you've ever seen it, have you, Bex? No. So we're going to watch a few of these now, because yeah. you've been inspired, haven't you? Yeah, inspired, yeah. So. So. I thought that this was going to be a musical with that song, All That Jazz, in it. No. It's not that at all. No. It's Roy Scheider playing... Basically, a very close to real life Bob Fosse, where in real life Bob Fosse had had a massive heart attack, where he directed Cabaret and uh, did a run of Chicago all in the same fucking year, um, shagged around, drank too much, and had a massive heart attack. And this is Bob Fosse basically doing two hours of, I am a piece of shit and I deserve to die. Um, and. Jesus fucking Christ. Um, Doesn't hold back on the, himself, does he? <laughs> uh, no, I mean, uh, wow, we. Um, I mean, yeah, yeah, okay, Roy Scheider's playing it, but he's very charming and whatnot, but the whole I'm a piece of shit aspect is, you know, pretty there. The last 45 minutes of this film are just some of the most... I genuinely can't believe that he did this. This is fucking nuts um the last musical number and there is a cut at the end of the last musical number which is uh some of the greatest filmmaking i've ever seen in my life maybe um just a, a, a person is doing this in a film about themselves on screen and it blew me away um the the, the uh, i'm actually not going to say the uh, the title of the song because it's probably a bit of a spoiler but just absolutely incredible filmmaking 
and what comes before is is amazing as well but that the whole last act is I, I, I you know i'm not i'm not going to spoil it because um uh, bex needs to watch it um but the whole last act is just an increasing are they actually going to do this are they actually going to do this and then the last musical number holy fucking shit they're doing this and it's oh, it's so fucking good. It is so fucking good. Um, yeah, it's great. Bex, let's talk about it when you watched it. Okay. Seriously, Cabaret and all that jazz is maybe one of the greatest one-two directorial punches you'll ever see. It it's insane. It's pretty solid how it is, how good they are, and how like because we were talking briefly about Cabaret, weren't we? The, the day, yeah, that jolly musical with Nazis. Because, because Bex was like, um, said something about yeah, that, you know, it'd be quite a good a good Sunday afternoon movie. I was like, what do you think Cabaret is? <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's like a musical, like, it's like it's like a jolly musical but with Nazis, isn't it? It's like, no, Becky, it's really not. <laughs> So yeah, so we're gonna watch Cabaret and all that jazz, aren't we? The yes. next week or so. We are. Great. Yeah, yeah. Please do. Um, I'm gonna watch Star Eighty, his last film, at some point in the next few days. Apparently, one of the bleakest films ever made. <laughs> so uh, let's see how that goes. Um, okay. Next, I watched Howard Ramis's 1999 comedy. Analyze this. Um, <laughs> So we, cinema, um, we did. It was one of our early dates. <laughs> that that's great. I mean, that's great. The character of Jelly, played by Joe Fetterelli, Fitterelli, um, is fucking incredible. I love Jelly. I love Jelly. Um, <coughs> very much like Billy Crystal. I very much like Robert De Niro. Um, it's fun, it's slight. I enjoy comedies where people swear and analyse this is a beautiful example of that. Analyse this is good stuff. Yes. I watched the 2002 Harold Ramis directed film Analyse That. <laughs> so that was as well, didn't it? <laughs> yeah. So... I don't think it's as good as analyze this. I don't. I don't think the hit rate is as is is solid. But the thing at the start with Robert De Niro pretending that he's gone mad because he just keeps on singing numbers from West Side Story is very, very, very entertaining. Um, when somebody says to Billy Crystal, "You should wait and see his Officer Krupp key. It's really good." <laughs> uh, it just yeah. Uh, uh, that's yeah. Um, I will say with both of these films have not aged that well. Um, in Analyze This, Robert De Niro warns Billy Crystal that he better not turn him into a fag for be uh, for going through psychiatry. But I think and in Analyze That, I think one of the things that the that, that film would say is the fact is that is how these people would talk. <laughs> uh, yeah, look, but it's it's a joke line. And it is a joke line, yeah. I think, I think that, that is the other argument you can make is, yeah, but in a comedy, you maybe don't need it. In Analyse That, it says, I was singing West Side Story for so long, I thought I was half a fag. 
Um, so yeah. you know those 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 aspects maybe not great. I wonder, but I wonder what it what it th- was those... in like cinematic history where where cinema kind of collectively went. Maybe fag's not the best word we yeah. can use. Yeah. <laughs> well, it wasn't two thousand and two. No, it really wasn't. I, I reckon it wasn't until about two thousand and eleven, <laughs> maybe. Um, I've got two more left before the one that I um, like can segue in with. Um, so, again, talking about Blank Check, I subscribe to their Patreon. They did a live show a few months back in New York with an audience of several hundred people where they did a commentary for a film and they didn't tell anyone what the commentary was going to be before they did it. And it is a film that one of the hosts, Griffin Newman, has mentioned several times over the course of the show's lifetime uh, calling it one of the like just most bizarre, anarchic, subversive comedies of the last 20 years. They talked about it. That film is 2009's Old Dogs, directed by Walt Becker, starring John Travolta and Robin Williams. Yeah, Robin Williams, yeah. Old Dogs um, has got some fucking weirdly funny shit in it. It's also got an early joke where Robin Williams spends too long in a spray tan um, booth and gets mistaken as uh, of Indian descent by multiple people. Um, This doesn't sound like it's good. (laughs) uh, No, that's not good. Um, And there's also some mild homophobic stuff in there. And this is 2009. Um... And is a Walt Disney Pictures film. <coughs> this was the this was their big Thanksgiving film for two thousand and nine. Um, but there is a bit in it where they mistakenly take a bunch of weirdly mixed up medications, and um, John Travolta uh, starts having no sense of depth perception. And just le- like stands really, really close to people and says stuff that makes them uncomfortable, which I found very funny. Um, <laughs> also, he gets the munchies like no one's business, and he's just chowing down on like a leg of meat um, during a bereavement counselling session, which I I also enjoyed. This film I cannot fucking believe was supposed to be made for families. Um, Justin Long um, gives a uncredited, very, very intense performance as someone who is annoyed with John Travolta because he slept with his wife. Um, and it's very, very intense. He's got like a full, like, long tash and is just staring at John Travolta in the background of scenes. Um, and it's. It is a cursed film, but. I I I I'm not going to say it was definitely not shit, but I laughed more than I was expecting to. Fair so enough. that's old dogs. Um, and then I was able to listen to the commentary, the blank check commentary, because I'd now seen the film, and that commentary was very <coughs> good. Um, that there's a lot of messed up shit with old dogs, but yeah. Uh, my last one in preparation for Prey. Obviously, I watched Predator last month. I think it was. I watched Predator Two. Fucking love um, Predator Two. 
Predator Two is good, man. Predator Two is fucking it, great. It's, it's yeah, yeah. I mean, like that. There's been initial reactions to Prey, uh, like it's obviously the best film since the original, and it's a bit like, all right, all right, all right. Predator Two. The thing about Predator Two, which annoys me the most, is that the Predator himself is a bit shit because Danny Glover should be easier to kill. Um, but he's Danny Glover, and that bothers me. Yeah, okay, yeah, he's Danny Glover, but he's also Danny Glover. I, I, I think the, he was already too old for this shit. I think the issue that, that you've got, I think, with why people disliked Predator Two so much in comparison to Predator was quite literally it didn't have Arnie in it. Yeah. Instead, it had yeah Danny Glover. Mm. And the, the, the thing is, they're absolutely mixing it up in terms of the location and what's actually happening. They've got some really interesting um, um, set piece sequences in there, like the the bit in the subway, um, uh, the train where it's uh, all almost like stroby is awesome. The bit in like the meat packing um, facility where they um, where they 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 they're, they're kind of like they do like the radioactive dust and all that stuff. I mean that that's great. But I just don't. After Arnie, it, it it is weird that Danny Glover doesn't necessarily seem that prepared for any of this, and yet the Predator is having a hard time killing him. Like it, it, it feels like at the end, the other Predators just take him off, and they're a bit like, "Well, that was fucking disappointing." Here's a gun. But I enjoy the film. If this was the first Predator film, I wouldn't have those complaints. And I, I, I'm not saying, oh, he's not Army. It's just you, you, you have gone from Arnie to Danny Glover, and then this Predator just seems to make little mistakes through the course of the film. Once Danny Glover is in the mix, that it is a bit like Arnie's Predator wouldn't have done that. <laughs> I'm not. I'm almost saying that it's not the fact that it's Ar- like a, a step down from Arnie. I'm saying my problems with the film come down uh, come to the fact that this predator is not as good as the first predator. It's an incompetent predator. Yeah, he's a predator who just wasn't ready for prime time. Like the first one's like slightly useless colleague. Yeah, like, yeah, he's, he's Gary. He's, he's younger brother who's just not quite like he, he's not quite there yet. <laughs> yeah, he's he's Gary the younger brother, one of the shit Baldwin brothers. Absolutely, in which funnily enough, one of them is in this. Yeah. William, <laughs> William was Adam. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, dear. oh no, maybe it's Adam. No, I think it is William. Anyway, regardless, there's a Baldwin. Uh, so yeah, Predator Two, and I'll be watching Predators and the Predator in uh, Run Up to Prey. Really looking forward to Prey. Uh, my last one, and I'm going to stop talking now because uh, it is a bit of a mark special. This film absolutely fucks. Yes. Joe Carnahan's the A Team. Fuck yeah, it does. Yep. I can't believe you watched this without me. I've suggested this so many times. I'll watch it again now. <laughs> All right then. <laughs> Bye, Ian. See <laughs> um, so ya. Yeah, it's, yeah, the fucking... Uh, right, what did you think of it on a rewatch? It's fucking great, innit? 
You're talking to me or Bax? You. Oh, no, no, because Bax didn't watch it. Sorry, Bax. Sorry, sorry. Just, I didn't want to uh, pick a wound there. Yeah, just rub it um, <laughs> Look, I, I, I do think that it is a bit bitty. Um, and I, I do think that it doesn't feel over its length, but it does feel its length for me. But there is so much joy in there that I don't care as much as I otherwise would. Mm. Hands um, hands down, genuinely, the um, the the sequence where they have just broken um, Murdoch out of prison. <laughs> And they're on the uh, like the cargo, the military cargo plane. That and they've got the drones after them. Is one of the best action sequences in cinema. Mm. Not of the past twenty years, with that ever in cinema. And I, I, it is one of those ones where I will fight people (laughs) on that. I'm not saying it's the best. But it is one of the best. Yeah. Because the like you said there, Ian, the, the glee. The glee that you know, you've got the amusing bit of the fact that Baracus is still kind of tied up because the, because he's flying and he's like and he's saying, Why are we on a plane? And he's like, We're not on a plane. And you've got Murdoch explaining what's happened. He's like, Yeah, the plane blew up. <laughs> We're in a tank. <laughs> and then the glee moment is face saying it's getting a little bit stuffy there I'm going to pop a window and then going out and firing the gun just fucking screaming um, get some at them isn't there a bit where she's watching them yeah she's watching and it she's there like, are they, are no, they no, no. flying a tank that's the great moment of the yeah when it's all fucking seems like it's gone to shit and they're like they can't be trying to shoot that reaper out of the air and she just Jessica Beale just gives this amazing fucking look of just no, they're trying to fly the tank. <laughs> I love that film. It's pure fucking joy, and I don't care how stupid it is. No. It if you care how stupid it is, just fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> just, just just fuck off. Just don't watch it. Just move on with your day. Yeah. It's just why do you? It's why, an eighteen movie. The A-Team was pretty stupid. Yeah, a Boy George in it at one point. Really? Yeah, wow. there's a Boy George episode of the A-Team. But do you know what I mean? Like, if, you, if, you're going into, you know, if you're going into a Charlie's Angels movie or an A-Team movie, these kind of things, and then getting angry because they're silly, well, yeah, all the evidence that that was going to be the case is there. Yep. Um, yeah, it's just fucking glorious. In A-M. Yeah, I mean it, it. It it is, and then also you got Patrick Wilson, who's just playing a bad guy who, throughout the entire film, kind of just gives zero fucks. Yeah, <laughs> and like the whole like, where there's there's a line when they're in that car, um, and it's like, uh, what was it called? It was like broadsword. He was like broadsword. That's a that's a really cool name, broadsword. <laughs> and he's just kind of like saying it with his mouth like that. It, it it's so. But like he, he, he just gives zero fucks about anything, and it is marvelous. Yeah. he's very, very, very good. But in that, this. that that bit in the car scene where you've got Pike essentially just saying, to t- telling the guy, "Look, no, 
Oh my god, that's not how you put a, si- a suppressor on. It's not even a fucking silencer. And then he's just saying to Patrick Wilson, look, anybody, but anybody, don't let this guy fucking kill me. And then gets the gun out of his hand. And, and Patrick Wilson, like you say, is just kind of laughing, going, that was so cool. Yeah, yeah. It's... Yeah, I, it... it, it Carnahan literally directed um, Patrick Wilson for it, basically saying to him, just... I, I want you to be just a, just a smarmy dickhead throughout the entirety. Just act like nothing, like you, you are untouchable throughout it. So to the moment of where there's a, a great moment where it, where they, Jessica Biel thinks she's got Pike and he wanders in and he's just like, have you got a piece of paper like this? No. And then... As like they're walking Pike out, he kind of does this thing where he waves his arms and kind of sh- like shoes them out of the room. It's just a peak dickheadery. Yeah, yeah, peak dickheadery is right. It um, just it, it, it's great fun. It's perfectly cast as well. Like they're all having obviously so much fun in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, it, like, it, it, even like Rampage Jackson, like that weird kind of vulnerability that he's got to be a Baracus as well. Yeah, it's it, well played. It's well played, and just that that I my favorite moment of it, just for how fucking ridiculous it is, is when uh, they're breaking Murdoch out of that fucking hospital, and it's like movie, movie. It's like. Did he know? Like he knew to get them all in that room, and then put that film on, and then that like it's like oh it's three D it's so cool, and then even Jessica Biel puts on the three D glasses, and then the fucking tank just bursts in through the wall in real life. It's so good. It's so fucking stupid, but it is great, and you know it's coming. Yep, and it's just like this doesn't make any sense and I do not care. Yeah, that's it. it. It doesn't need to. The the, the fact that, that Beer Baracus re-fucking announced himself in a fist-punching like, fuck yeah moment. Literally within the movie you get face fist-punching the air going Baracus at him. Yeah. Because he bursts yeah. in and literally power slams somebody to break their neck. It's like, yes, murder is fun. <laughs> wow. It's just brilliant. But even that, you're actually starting to root for... The problem is, Patrick Wilson and his crew are so bad that you start siding with Pike a little bit. <laughs> the, you know, it's cool when he goes, all right, fuck this, and just grabs the rocket launcher and shoots the boat out. Yeah. you kind of there going... All right, fucking game on. <laughs> it is a glorious film. A genuinely... Terrific fun. I would... There's... Everybody has, like, a, an amount of people within, like, film and bits that they'd love to meet and have a conversation with about certain, like, just... If you could say you can have one conversation with one person from cinematic history... Mm. Um and about one topic, uh, and you can have a meal out with them, you can have two hours where you can just talk to them about it, right? And you've got to think of it now. My 
my brain would be going through like fucking Scorsese talking about um, Taxi Driver or De Niro talking about fucking Raging Bull and or they'd be like fucking talking about Jimmy Stewart of you know um, It's Wonderful Life. Mm. It'd be going through all of these. What is it? And then as I was about to say the one I decided on my mouth would go Joker, I'm hitting. <laughs> And the thing is, not a, nice. a fibre of my being would regret that. You woke the cat up then with your enthusiasm. Yeah. And, and I know that what happened there is Joe Carnahan would literally be going, right, I've enjoyed having this conversation with you, but I'm taking a restraining order out on you. <laughs> and I'm going, I agree with that. That's probably a good idea. <laughs> oh, <dear>. <laughs> <laughs> um, Becky, I feel like you haven't spoke for a while. So before oh, I, you can finish yours off. I'll do my other one that I've been watching, then you can do yours that you watch solo, and then we'll couple the couple that we watch together. Okay. Um, I also watched American Made. I've watched American Made a lot. I yeah. really like American Made. It's a really fun film. Becky. <laughs> good time. It is. Wow. It's really good. I really like it. All right, let me bring up my list. I don't like the fact that I used to have an iTunes and they've taken it off me. No, that is very annoying. Oh, I have watched quite a few. Um, okay, right. So I watched Rain Man, which I know I've seen before, but I haven't seen it in a long, long time, and I wanted to watch it, so I watched it. It's good. Yeah. Tom Cruise is, like... Because I think a lot of his younger performances are a bit kind of like... <coughs> oh, stop scaring the cat. Bit kind of like high octane, kind of like like movie starry kind of fun performances. Whereas Rain Man's quite weighty, mm. um, and Dustin Hoffman's fucking brilliant in it. And I know there's there's a lot of kind of conversation about Rain Man now as to whether it is a responsible depiction and stuff like that. But it was the start of a of an awareness. Like I think it's easy to look back on it now and go, mm, that's maybe a bit much. But it was made in 1988 and no one really was talking about it. No. So it, it at least got it out there as like a, a thing in the public consciousness. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> I watched... Right. Are you aware of this movie? The Raggedy Ann and Andy one that I watched? Have you seen it before? Which one is it? Raggedy Ann and Andy, a musical adventure with Didi Con. I think years and years and years ago. Have yeah. you ever seen it, Ian? <coughs> No, I can't say I have. Okay, so it's a 1977 kids movie that I used to have on VHS as a kid. And I was feeling a bit COVID-y. So I decided that I wanted to watch something comforting, but also like a bit weird. And that this was definitely, would definitely fit the kind of uh, the profile. So it's, it's basically, it's like Toy Story before Toy Story was even a twinkle. Um, toys that come to life where they, when the human goes away... Um, a French porcelain doll called Babette gets kidnapped by the pirate captain out of the snow globe and they go to rescue her and stuff ensues Um, there's like an old camel toy who's like fabric's gone all baggy and he's got like baggy knees and he's trying to like (sighs) he's trying to find his camel home in the sky but it doesn't really exist he's just like hallucinating and shit um it's it's a real weird fucking film. Like it's weird. It sounds um, a bit weird to be honest. Eh? It sounds a bit weird. I I, I have seen it actually because it does looking at it going yeah this brings about yeah. Um, there's also it kind of does the whole it blends um, live action into yeah. 
um, animation as well. But the the um, the scenes where it does that, where they go from being live action to to cartoons or vice versa, are actually like really well done. Um, for a film that's of this film's age, it's it, it it's really really well animated, really well done with those bits. Really good story. Um, yeah, so I just kind of wanted to see if it held up or whether I was just misremembering because I was very, very small when I last watched it, but no, it bangs. Um, I watched as well the movie Cell because I was angry with you for watching it last week without me. How dare you watch a Stephen King movie without me? What do you think? Better than I remembered. Yeah. 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 Bleak <coughs> ending though. Yeah, it's quite bleak. Mm. Yeah. The ending of the book is not as bleak. No. But they were going for that the mist kind of vibe, weren't they? Yeah. Um but it, it kinda of spoils it. Okay. Um I also watched The Cell. Yep. Because <laughs> why not? If you're watching Cell, you might as well watch The Cell. I've I've spoken about the Cell on, on the podcast before because I watch it semi regularly because I love it. It's just, it's so beautifully kind of realised. Like the 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 aesthetics of the film are so well done. Mm. Um, and do you know what? Everyone's everyone's solid in it. For for a you know the main cast is um, what's his face, Vince Vaughn, yeah, and J Lo, yeah. Both fine actors, mm. but not great. Mm. And then Vincent D'Onofrio, who always great. Yeah. Um, and it, but yeah, everyone does their bit. Everyone knows what they're doing and understood the assignment. And it's really good. Um, oh god, mm. god, I need to talk quicker. Um, I also watched Tommy. Oh wow! Oh, I don't know. I remembered watching it ages ago and liking it. And then rewatched it and was like, I see what you're trying to do, but I just don't like it. I'm not yeah. here for it. There's bits of it that are really good. Yeah, I've never been a fan. Um, I'm not a fan of the Who, though. But yeah, once he, once he sort of gets his voice back, mm. it kind of, it goes downhill from there for me. When he's got his, like, messiah complex and all that kind of shit. Nah. Um... <laughs> okay uh, right you've heard of this because I've talked to you about it before Ian have you heard of the movie Superstar the Karen Carpenter story I have okay. yes so I watched that this is again it, it, this is another one like Chow Manhattan that I uh, semi-regularly just decide to watch because it's fucking weird Um. so for anyone that hasn't seen it it's a truncated story of Karen Carpenter's Rise and Fall. It's only 43 minutes long um, and it's entirely acted by Barbies. Um, so... It's Todd Hayes' movie, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. It's actually... It, the thing is, once you get past the weirdness of it being Barbies, it the story just sucks you in. Like, it's just like... It's quite a sad story. Um, obviously, because Karen Carpenter's story is quite a sad story, but... It's it is it is alarming how how easily your brain just goes, yeah, just forget the Barbies and watch the film. Um 
and like the work that's gone into it as well like building the tiny sets and doing the outfits and the the Karen doll for when she was suffering from anorexia he, he like delicately sort of um, whittled away bits of the Barbie's <coughs> body so the Barbie got thinner and thinner and like like a lot of work has gone into oh, this yeah. and it is largely lost to time mm. it's you know, it's it's available. You can you can watch it. I mean, it's on fucking YouTube, but it's a really terrible quality copy of it, and it's very dark. And it's it's it as as a curio, it's it's worth watching. But as I, like her family, very much very strongly objected to it, so it just doesn't exist really anymore, mm. which is a shame, really. Mm. Um, uh, blah, 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 blah. What else did I watch? I watched. Okay, so the double banger of Two Wong Fu, Thanks for Everything, and The Adventures of Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. Oh, that is a double banger. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> um, I can't remember why I, why I decided I wanted to watch Two Wong Fu, and then Priscilla came on the heels of that. Um, because you miss Wesley Snipes' legs? Maybe. Yeah. <sighs> I think so. Both very similar storylines. Yeah, could almost say two one through kind of ripped it off. Well, yeah, <laughs> should have been fairly similar films, but they are like chalk and fucking cheese. Um, to one through kind of gives me a real steel magnolias kind of vibe. Yeah. Um, whereas Priscilla's just very much. It, it's really leaning into that they are guys that dress as women to perform. With, yes. the, with the exception of Terrence Stamp. Whereas in Tuong Fu, the majority of the screen time, they're in costume. And they're, they're supposed to be drag queens, not... They're not supposed to be trans, they're supposed to be drag queens, but they spend the majority of their time in their drag queen costumes. Yeah, yeah, did you actually, yeah. Um, Long time to watch it, but yeah, yeah, we thought about that, actually. So I think that... It's coming at it from a completely different angle, and then they go to this. That they get stranded in this small town because their car breaks down. Yeah. Um, Stockard Channing's there. Of course, she's living a worst life because her husband beats her, and then um, Patrick Swayze saves her, and then everyone gets a makeover. It's it's like a really frothy, silly version of Priscilla, really. Yeah. But with also kind of the. Small America heart tugging kind of vibe. It's the very, it's the very mid nineties PG thirteen version of Priscilla. Yeah, I'd agree with that. And it hasn't got, it hasn't got the spectacle of Priscilla. Priscilla's fucking great. To Wong Fu is fine, is what I'd say. Fair enough. Um. Okay. Uh. Right. I watched the Sword in the Stone. It's the Sword in the Stone by Disney. I'm not going to linger too long on that one. I watched Shang-Chi and The Legend of the Ten Rings. Um, like I say, the only good Marvel movie from Phase 4. Um, which led me to watch Iron Man and Iron Man 2, which we've spoken about very recently when we did our rewatches. so I'm not going to linger on them either. Um, and, the, oh God, Rebecca, fucking hell, did you not do anything else with your time? I watched... Uh, so I started watching the Resident Evil series on Netflix. Yes. Um, got a couple of episodes into that. It's fine. It's it's not. I don't know. The, up to where I've watched it, it's not got the fan service that. Um, Welcome to Raccoon City, 
for instance, has. So then I thought, hmm, it's been a while since that came out. I wonder if that's on anything. It is. It's on now. So I watched uh, Resident Evil Welcome to Raccoon City. It was actually a real different experience watching it in a seat that stayed still. <laughs> so that was quite accent, pleasant. We? We did. Um, so that was good. And I caught a lot more of the game references. It is just... <laughs> I thought you were getting thrown around. Yeah, it was, yeah. Um, it's pure... Can I... Go on. No, no, you finished... But I had a question about the TV series, but you finished, finished okay. on the film. It, it's pure fucking fan service, and I fucking love it. It's it is it is made for people who play the games, and it is not ashamed of that in the slightest. Good. Um, Scotty, what was your question? Sorry. Is Lance Reddick playing Wesker? Uh, yeah. Yeah. People seem to be very. And angry he's got about kids. That. Yeah. It's more the kids aspect that baffles me because, like in. Correct me if I'm wrong. In Resident Evil, he's he's a member of Stars in the game, mm. and, and in Welcome to Raccoon City, and he turns out to be a wrongin. But even though in Welcome to Raccoon City, it almost seems like he doesn't mean to be a wrongin, but he is a wrongin. Whereas in Resident Evil, he's just a wrongin all the way through. Yeah. But in this, he's a scientist who actually develops the T virus. So. Yeah, he is a scientist. It's um, so it's set after. So I think games one, two, and three all happen kind of simultaneously, don't they? Mm. Three slightly after one and two, but I think they all happen quite close together, don't they? I don't know, Becky. Yeah, I mean, freeze slightly after. I mean, in it, at least in the remake, there's a bit where Carlos is like. Wandering around our, uh, Raccoon Police Station. Yeah. Like, but, just after. But yeah. The nuke at the end of one, two, and three are all the same nuke, aren't they? Sure, sure. So, this is set, like, after that, um, like, 30 years, I think, after that. Um, right. In New Raccoon City. Or parts of it are and parts of it aren't. Hang on. Um, yeah there's two different timelines one where the kids that are in the earlier timeline Wesker's kids are older and one where they're kids and they move to New Raccoon City and Umbrella has moved to New Raccoon City and he's working for them um, on like scientific shit but it is quite significantly after the events in Raccoon City so maybe he's retrained Maybe you went to the OU, did a few online courses, and now he's a scientist. <laughs> I I feel like with this TV series, weirdly, despite what I usually say, if it... Actually, maybe it's not despite what I usually say. It Apparently, it has not had a massive audience on Netflix. So I'm kind of thinking, like, it's just going to get cancelled. Yeah, yeah. And... If it does, I don't think I'd bother with it. But if they go, no, we're going to give it a season two, mm. I might have a crack at it. <coughs> yeah, it's 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 good. What I've watched so far is good. It's just, it's a bit... The thing is, like the, the original Resident Evil movies had fuck all to do with the storylines of the games, but they all had to do with yeah. themselves. So as they built, you, you, you just kind of, it was just 
alternate timeline, you know, the alternate story based around the same kind of vague construct. And then obviously there's been other stuff released like Welcome to Raccoon City, which is slavishly faithful to the games. Whereas this is just like, it's just another whole new thing. It just, I don't know, it like, oh God, we're going on a bit of a Resident Evil tangent now, just kind of like cross-media, but it kind of feels like they, they, Capcom almost don't seem to know what or what they want to do with it. I mean, it, apart from the games, like the games, it's very focused. You've got the kind of like the new school games. You've got Resident Evil 7, you've got uh, Village, mm. and then you've got the remakes happening. Um, and like, they, they seem to be pretty set on we'll do one of the newer entries and then we'll do a remake of a previous game and they're on that kind of cadence. Yeah. When it comes to film and TV and whatnot, you know, you had that CG series last year, Infinite Darkness, I think it was called, mm. Resident Evil Infinite Darkness. Um, you've had Resident Evil Welcome to Raccoon City. You've had a TV series that's got like nothing to do with any of them. And it, I almost just want to be like, right, Resident Evil is a really fucking good property. Make your mind up and focus on one thing. Yeah. Like, outside of video... Video games do what you want. Outside of video games, it feels like it's all just diluting. And, like, Welcome to Raccoon City kind of came and went. And I, I enjoyed that film. Um, but it kind of came and went. There's been no announcement about a sequel whatsoever. It kind of feels like... That that's done. Mm. This series, it also kind of feels like maybe it's done, and it's just like what 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 do they do next? You know, do they reboot the fucking films again? But then what angle do they take? Because they tried the not really that related route. They got seven films out, but it made a shitload of money. Yeah. But then they tried to go more gamey, and it didn't appear t- to click. But then again, is that just because it came out? in what fucking december when covid cases were just about more you know if you released that film like now ish when there's fuck all actually coming out does it do all right i I, yeah I, i i i don't know i just i i wish they would make their minds up about what they actually want to do with resident evil because it is great hokey stupid shit <laughs> which i would love to see quality versions of mm. i'd like to see them if they are going to continue like with the welcome to raccoon city thread i'd like to see them stick as close to the games as they did in that like i know if you haven't played the games you're not going to get the references and you're not going to like it as much but that film for me is is up there with silent hill 2 as like it's it's just like god tier comic book adaptation for me, uh, video game adaptation for me. Sonia said that said that, that the um, the um, on demand um, <coughs> ratings or the on demand streams of uh, Raccoon City have been really high. Yeah, or sort of higher than they expected. Right. Uh, so there may be something into a sequel mm. but I just can't see it ever coming out of the cinema no, problem is you've got by the nature of it it would need to be quite high budget wouldn't it to 
to been, look decent. So been racking it was twenty five million. Was it? Yeah. There's a lot of wandering, just wandering around with a torch and a gun in the games. So maybe could they just go that route? Maybe. <laughs> um, but it, it's like I don't know. Why not do an adaptation of Resident Evil Seven at this point? Well, that's what they—that's what the next film was supposed to be. Really? Yeah. And you're missing out an awful lot. It's hard. If games, you can release a new one, then re-release an old. Uh, apparently, the idea stuff. was to do a. Um, I think it was a film based on Resident Evil Seven, and then the third film would fill in the gap in between. Right. Oh, that'd just... be a big gap, though. But I mean, the, the the thing is, it's like five and six. I I haven't played them, no. but my understanding is they didn't go down so well. So it kind of feels like you could cut some shit out, like mm. Resident Evil Four. I I've played a fair bit of Resident Evil Four. That game's fucking cool. Um, and there's a remake coming out next year, and that that would probably make a good film at some point. It kind of feels like they're very very focused at the moment on the initial outbreak and then kind of like the immediate stuff there mm. but they're not making content which is just like we know what the resident evil universe is let's just do a story that isn't about the outbreak mm. let's go yeah you know i mean like okay found footage is not really a thing these days but you give me a fucking resident evil 7 that's like a found footage film well, like I'd the, watch the, shit like out the of playable that. VHS that they find in Resident Evil Seven. Yeah, but uh, you know that that kind of thing. But like for for the length of a film, that would be pretty fucking cool in the world of Resident Evil. Yeah, I'd take that. You don't sound convinced, so never mind. I, I, but... I love Resident Evil Seven, and I'd really like to see a really good adaptation of it. I just don't know what that looks like. And I'd really also like to be with you when you see it to see how scared you are of Marguerite. But the thing is, I'm not playing it. Mm. True. But I have to go see it in That'd that thing that is, what is it, Screen X, where it goes down the sides as well. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm not controlling it. That's the thing. No. I'm not the one who's then, like, if I, if I go over there, it's going to do a thing. Yeah. No, I get that. I get that. Oh god, I should replay that. You, you saw you. What you need to do is get yourself a cheap PSVR because I'm sure those things are probably cheap on eBay now, uh-huh. and have yourself a game of Resident Evil Seven. Yeah, I'd love that. <laughs> Hide. I again. I know I've said it before, and you, you, you guys watched me do this, <laughs> but crouching down and physically feeling like I was hiding from that fucking mad woman in that kitchen is honestly one of the most terrifying experiences I have had in my life. Yeah, I bet that is quite scary. <laughs> we'll have to try like just crouching out. crouching down and literally physically craning my head around to see where she was. <laughs> I oh, like I still palp I still palpably remember that now. Yeah. Like <laughs> straight up. And just God, the time I was fucking playing that game 
And then Donna came in <laughs> and she didn't mean to scare me, but she scared the fucking shit out of me. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> and apparently with PS5, you can have Resident Evil Village in VR as well. Nice. You can have a look at the big lady. The big lady. Big lady. Oh, yeah, the white one. Yeah. 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 Oh, fucking great games. See, seven and eight are really good. I, I don't remember four terribly well because I don't think I finished it because Wesker teleporting when you were trying to fight him really pissed no, me off. No, I killed him. Oh, you did actually? Yeah. yeah. That annoyed me and then I stopped playing it. Yeah. That was it. Yeah, and I am playing five and six. <laughs> so I'm quite excited to do that. Five and, five and six of co-op and I think it's online. Yeah. Kind of wonder whether we need to do that one day, Bex. Could do, couldn't we? Hmm. Hmm. should we move on to what we watched together okay so the last time I watched on my own was Arsenic and Old Lace I've never seen it before oh wow someone mentioned it on Twitter and I was like huh never seen that I looked it up on IMDB directed by Frank Capra I love It's a Wonderful Life so I thought fuck it I'll give it a go so I watched Arsenic and Old Lace and it's fucking awesome yeah, yeah. it's a very good film it's Nice. I think like the, I have a tendency to think that older films are like gonna be like really serious and stuff, and that like things like It's a Wonderful Life that are a bit zany are like a rarity. Yeah, no. This is this is this has got the same energy as It's a Wonderful Life. Watch more Van Capra. Yeah, I think I need to. Fucking loved it. It was great. Never seen a Cary Grant film before either. That was great. Wow. Yeah. But he hates his performance in it. I was reading about it. He thinks it's like way over the top. He hates most of his performances and most anything. He thinks he was crap. Oh, fair um, we watched The Man from Toronto, didn't we? Yeah, we did. Yeah. Mark got COVID and brought the tone yeah. down. Yeah. Yeah. It's not very good. You don't like Kevin Hart, do you? No, he's got small dick energy. He does have small dick energy, yeah. Absolutely bitters to anyone he's on screen with. Yeah. Get to fuck Kevin Hart. It, the whole thing just doesn't make that much sense. No, it doesn't. It's way too long. And it is trying to be like a cheap knockoff of John Wick with having like the extant, extended um, Assassin's Network and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I think like you said, Ian, there's no reason why you'd ever watch Man from Toronto when you could watch either the Hitman's Bodyguard or the Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard. Mm. Just watch those. They're, yep. they're better. Uh, we finally got on to Sonic the Hedgehog 2. <laughs> yeah, we did. <laughs> you were like ragging on Tails all the I way through. I fucking hate Tails. Fucking hate Tails. See, I was I was extolling the vir- virtues of Tails as a character and saying how much I really liked him when I was, when you know, I, I preferred him to Sonic when, when he became being in the games. And then like Tails did some real nerdy shit and I was like, oh fuck yeah, that's why I liked him. Yeah. Yeah. Because he was a fucking nerd. Yeah. But he could fly with his tails. I didn't like him. He was a right little weird little square. Took me ages to work out that it was Idris Elba that voiced Knuckles. It did, yeah. Way too long. Way, way, way too, too long. long. Um, Recognise the voice. <laughs> I, I had a decent amount of fun with Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Apart from. Apart from. Go on. I didn't need a 20 minute sequence of them at wedding comedy his friends his wife's friend's wedding wife's sister's wedding his sister yeah yeah didn't need that it was really boring really boring was that character the first one the sister yeah yeah she's boring 
I don't know why they thought she they was entertaining. They tied her up and left her in the first one, in her apartment. They should have done that again. Aww. She was annoying, and the film seemed to think that she was funny, and she wasn't. It's too long, and it's too long because there's 20 minutes of that. Fine. What? But apart from that... Apart from that, I enjoyed it, but that really does suck the energy out of the movie. Yeah. And when it's a movie that is pure energy... <laughs> yeah. I didn't think it was as good as the first one, but then I think that was because they'd used all the, like, nod, nod, wink, wink kind of game references in the first one. Yeah, there's not as much in this. No. <laughs> it's a little bit more try and tell a story. Yeah. I don't, I don't need that. No. It's good. I need rings bouncing out when he hits his head or whatever. Yes. Uh, right I think that's all the films we've got to discuss Uh, so we did have a couple of questions Uh, so and I I asked a question so I asked as start of summer holidays in the UK and maybe other places what are your favourite summer movies Uh, Rick Kidd responded saying I'd say Dazed and Confused Jaws and Caddyshack are up there for me Stand By Me Stand By Me is a solid shout thanks a lot of Stephen King's so, stories from that era, because they are kids, they are set in summer because they are set in the summer holidays. Yeah. So yeah, it would be another one for me. Yep, fair point. The original Tim Curry one. That's a TV series. Uh, it's a mini series. Mini series. Ian, Piranha 3D. Oh, fucking good <laughs> shout. Piranha 3D is a good shout. I went to the Sandlot. Good movie, Piranha 3D. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, also, Caddyshack has to be up there as well. And Dazed and Confused. Yeah, uh, yeah, it is, yeah. And uh, we have a question. Rick Kidd. Uh, what are your favourite movie archetypes uh, and uh, your go-to examples, e.g. Mark may well go for Femme Fatales with Rosamund Pike in Gone Girl as an example? I mean, yeah, I would go for that. Um, the really fucking fat dog that's got a heart of gold but really likes to slobber. <laughs> that's a good one. Can I have the Ben Foster's a shifty arsehole? It's not really an archetype, that, that's is it? That's a good one. <laughs> I think it kind of is. Okay, I've got two. Go on. With good examples. Uh, anti-hero. With probably Constantine as my example. Ooh, good one. And Final Girl. Ah, fair enough. With... Let's be honest, Jamie Lee Curtis as the example. Yeah. Love a final girl. It doesn't even have to be a girl. The final person in like the the one that's battled everything and has fucking got through it all is just there at the end. The movie, Final Girl. The Final Girl or Final Girl. I, I can never remember which way around it is. Whichever one it is though. The one with um what's her name's sister in it? With the Farminger in it. Yeah, Tysa Farminger. That one. That one's really good. And she like meets her mum in a horror movie. The final girls. Yes. Yeah. Because there was final girls around at the same time as well, weren't there? Yeah. 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 That being a sucker for horror movies, it, that had to be in my Yes. Ian, what are we covering next week? Um that not okay. That's the one. <laughs> God, you said that I completely forgot what it's called. <laughs> Yeah, oh, it's me hosting, isn't it? We, we, uh, <laughs> the, the IMDb yeah, synopsis point. of Final Girl with Abigail Breslin is a man teaches a young woman how to become a complete weapon. <laughs> now, I think if you're not from the UK, 
That probably is like. <laughs> <laughs> That's very good. Oh, Abigail, you absolute weapon. <sighs> Sorry, that just tickled me. I had to get that in there. Me. You alright, Mark? <laughs> Broken me a little bit. Oh, man. sorry. <laughs> I don't know what you were saying. You close the show. Bye, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> alright, bye, guys. See ya. Thank you very much. Is uh, that seriously the end of the show? That was, that was yeah, that was episode 454. <laughs> Thank you very much. We'll speak to you next week. Goodbye. Bye, everyone. <laughs> Bye.